Ace Ranger Stone Just trying to find his way back home He's traveling out in space all alone But he's going home He's going home Welcome to the Space Ranger Stone Podcast With Adam That's me And Spencer That's me And Jacob Certainly Jacob is a Mormon scholar. He's uh, known as an expert in the Mormon religion and Mormon apologetics. We brought him on to talk with Adam, our expert Mormon critiquer. Uh, he's going to discuss some of the things that he sees as flaws within the religion. So, we're going to start it off with you, Adam. Go ahead. Oh, <clears throat> alright. Uh, I've jotted all down my notes. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of uh, criticisms of Mormonism. This is going to be fun because last week we did Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week we'll do Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess starting off number one, this is the most. This is the most. I'm gonna start off with the most basic complaint because this is the one that everyone always says when they're talking about the Book of Mormon. But Joseph Mormon, who claims to be a prophet, Joseph Mormon. Smith, George, sorry, Joseph, no, Joseph Smith. Mormon. Joseph Smith. <laughs> Joseph Smith. Run with it. Joseph Smith, um, who claimed to be a prophet, was also a convicted con man. That's kind of like the. That's the one that. That's the fact that everyone knows. So I guess if you'd like to address that to begin with. Yeah, so, I um, mean, yes, so that was a really interesting one. Um, he, so there was a lot of uh, crimes that he was uh, arrested for, but he was uh, actually not convicted for any of them. Um, so no? If you, yeah, if you look at all the uh, the trials, um, he wasn't convicted for, for any of the crimes. Uh, they held him for a lot of things, but uh, there wasn't anything that they actually proved that he... Isn't it weird, though, that he was being constantly convicted, or sorry, not convicted, um, accused of being a con man? Like... Devil's advocate. Is that, is that what you would think? Like, if you were, if, like, Jesus was never. But he was, he was constantly being persecuted by the state. Jesus was also constantly being persecuted by the state. Right, but not for trying to swindle people out of, like, right. money. This yeah. is true. But he didn't do that. He didn't, yeah, but he didn't do <laughs> it. Oh, he just didn't. He didn't do <laughs> it. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, okay. It, no, if you look at the trial records, I mean, he just. He wasn't, he wasn't convicted for that, so, I mean. So it's, there it's, wasn't it's, enough evidence or he just didn't do it, so it's one or the other. Okay, that's fair. That's a, that's a good rebuttal. I like that. Um, this one, this is a fun little factoid, but uh, I, I'd have to look up again. I didn't, I didn't consult any notes before we began the pod, um, so I don't remember like the specifics. But I do know that in the Book of Mormon, there is talk of different species. That um, when was the Book of Mormon written? Uh, so it was uh, translated in eighteen twenty nine, um, and it took place between the around the years 600 BC and 420 AD. Right. And in those books there is uh, talks of different species, one of them being the bees. Yes. And the bees at that time, if for those of you who don't know this, bees did not come to America um, until after those books were supposedly taking place. Um, and so if you could maybe address why there's a bunch of species in the books that there shouldn't have been there at that time. Yeah, so um, this is a, another classic critique, um, and there's been a lot of... Uh, the critique. Yeah, classic. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, kind of research and uh, you know, <clears throat> apologetics in relation to this. So uh, the bees is a, is a classic one. Um, so that was in the story of uh, the brother of Jared and the Jaredites. So that took place um, uh, at right around the time of the Tower of Babel. And, um, so they left at the time of the Tower of Babel, and they took a whole bunch of animals with them, as you would if you were leaving a civilization. So, one of the uh, species that they took with them was bees. 
Um, but there's a no indication in the book itself. Um, this is just one um, possible sort of rebuttal to this that uh, there's no indication that they actually brought the bees to the Americas. Um, and so they, they brought a whole bunch of species with them on their journeys, but when they ended up coming to a coast and building uh, barges, um, there's no indication that they also brought some of the species like um, bees with them. So that's one hmm. rebuttal. Okay. Um, also a good rebuttal. Maybe maybe we'll just end up proving the Book of Mormon tonight, and uh, maybe we'll have a lot of converts by the end of this pod. Uh, that'd be this great. is good. You're doing little, the Lord's work. Well, that's uh, you know we should all be proud. Um, right, right, right. The Spencer. false Lord, of course, but. Uh, um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, same thing with. Uh, okay. Well. Okay. So then we'll go into uh, the the the. Have you heard about this? The translation. The so the Book of Mormon is. Supposedly translated from Egyptian, right? Uh, yeah, so it's Reformed Egyptian. So it was. Um, so there's, there's a lot of really interesting things here. Um, the assumption is that it was Hebrew written with Egyptian characters because Hebrew is an incredibly um, uh, not dense, but the what's the opposite of dense? Um, undense. Yeah, undense. It, it's it's very <laughs> yeah. It's very it's very hard to write small. Uh, you, you just it just takes up a lot of space, and so um, the uh, the first prophet in the Book of Mormon, Lehi, he um, he's new Egyptian, and so he um, taught his children how to write that, and so they wrote. It's assumed that they wrote Hebrew in um, this Egyptian script. Um, so that's. But the problem with that is that it was translated from Egyptian before anyone in the Americas knew Egyptian, which is fine right. because it was because the. Because Joseph Smith had the gift of tongues. Is that correct? Hey. Uh, that's just like my assumption because the gift of tongues is written about elsewhere in the Bible. Right. So I don't know if they use the same. Did they call it the gift of tongues? In the yeah, so they, um, so this per the particular method, I suppose, they, they translated from, um, he doesn't actually give any particular indication of how it is that he translated. Um, he just describes it as I translated it uh, by the gift and power of God. Um, and part of that um, is... Um, what are they called? He, he found these two instruments called the uh, uh, seer stones or the Urim and Thummim, um, and that just gave him some supernatural ability to translate languages. Right, and so I don't really have a problem with that because there are miracles and Jesus performed miracles, but the problem is is that after they found the Rosetta Stone and they then found out how to translate Egyptian, they then translated the stuff that Joseph was apparently translating and it was not correct yeah so this is uh so these two have different things actually so okay. we don't have the script of the book of mormon we don't have the um uh the original is the, manuscript is the entire book of mormon are you, is, is this having to do with the plates yeah so the book of mormon was translated from um golden plates um that uh were revealed to joseph smith um, there are other books of scripture that Joseph Smith uh, had a hand in uh, writing and or translating. Uh, so this, the critique of this one, this is actually the book of Abraham. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, he, he bought some papyri from some guy that had some mummies and some papyri. He was just traveling around showcasing it to people throughout the United States because it's kind of cool. can't remember the exact story of why he had it. Um, but he's like, he was trying to sell it to people. He was trying to sell uh, these mummies trying to sell these papyri. 
And so Joseph Smith said, oh, yeah, can we get this papyri? That'd be pretty great. Um, so he ended up buying it. Now, the critique is that... Wait, there, so you, you okay, pass well, wait. hot tamales? Yeah. So just to clarify for the listeners, um, when, <laughs> so is it so the golden plates were brought down with, uh, by angels... Book of uh, Joseph then translated them, and then the angels took them back up, right? Yeah, so the golden plates, they were buried in, um, in the hill near where Joseph lived mm-hmm. um, by a prophet called Moroni, which is the son of Mormon. That's why it's called the Book of Mormon. Mormon compiled the golden plates together, mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote the title page and all that. Um, and then his son, Moroni, added a little bit and finished up the compilation. And so it was revealed to him by Moroni, who buried them. Right. So when you say, but then you say now that there's the, um, that there's these pap- the, uh, papyri, papyri, um, those were not like returned to God. Those we should still have, right? Yeah, we still have them. So, okay. there, so um, not all the things that um, the church owned went with them west when they were, um, when they fled to Utah. So uh, some of those things stayed in uh, Kirtland, Ohio, some of those things stayed in uh, Nauvoo, um, uh, Illinois, and some of them stayed in um, Missouri. And so some of the, so the papyri, some of the papyri were um, donated to some museum, I can't remember, it, it, they, they went around to different museums, and um, a large portion of it, I believe, uh, was burned in the... Stop! <laughs> Was, uh, it was burned in uh, the Chicago fire of uh, whatever year that was because um, it was in a museum in Chicago. So there's a lot of things that were lost. Um, and so there is a Isn't portion. that convenient? Is. But so there, but there is, <laughs> there, there, is a portion. there is existing documents written in Egyptian that now that we have the Rosetta Stone, we can tell yes, were we can, mistranslated. We can read it, yeah. But there's no indication that that piece that we still have, that Joseph Smith did have, uh, was what he was translating. So we have no so so there was there was papyri he translated and then we found or we still have some papyri and we're saying okay this stuff that we have that's not what he was talking about yeah so yeah because that piece I believe is part of the book of breathings which is a very common Egyptian text um, that is well known and there are many copies of it so if you I mean, okay. you, you might have, you know, translated that. In wait, wait, I'm curious. But, uh, Are there any confirmed ones, like, the opposite way, where it's like, we found the resistance, and we found out that he translated something exactly correctly? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think we have any records of anything that he translated. Hmm. Um, still, I don't, I don't think any of those things that were, we know that he translated this particular text, and then we found something that says, yep, that was correct. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that we still have that we know that he translated from interesting so when i heard this criticism i was under the impression when i read about this again i haven't read about this in a long time so i guess we'll have to assume that what jacob is saying is the truth but i'm i i like from what i remember we do know for a fact that he mistranslated some of the egyptian but maybe maybe that's wrong maybe yeah so that that is a classic criticism though and uh, another response to that, so there's the response of, oh, well, we don't know if you translated from that particular piece. Um, and I believe the pieces we have are, are shorter pieces, and he had a much longer piece that ended up getting lost or burned. Um, but one other possible uh, response to that is, well, 
his translations, he didn't translate it in the normal way. He didn't know the language prior, right? That that's that is the case. He didn't know any ancient languages. He didn't know any languages other than English mm-hmm. uh, at the time that he did these translations. Um, he did start learning Hebrew later, but um, not until I believe after he he translated these things. And so he used the word translate, but it's a very it's not an entirely accurate way of uh, describing what he did. Um, the, he vibed the, it out. He yeah, kind of got the vibe. I mean, yeah. So really, a better way of describing what he did is, well, what he did wrote down was a revelation from God, and one of the catalysts, I suppose, was these documents. But uh, there's no reason necessarily to believe that what was revealed to him was on these documents, or that... Um, any of the documents that we have are what he was translating from. So, okay, interesting. Um, there is how there is there is a court case though. I believe this was done in a courtroom um, where somebody then. I hope it was in a courtroom. This court case. I don't remember if it was a court case necessarily, <laughs> um, but I believe it was part of like a, some court proceedings. But someone did bring. Um, Jacob, you're farting. All over. <laughs> That's literally so Um Is it really? <laughs> but he did. He what? He was asked about if he could translate. They did at that point have some Greek text, and he was asked to translate that Greek text. Um, I I don't remember if. I think they may have tried to pull one over on him and claimed that the text was Egyptian, when mm-hmm. in reality it was Greek. And for those listeners uh, who don't know the original. Uh, a lot of the original books in the Bible were written in Greek, not in Hebrew. Um, and so, I don't remember if they said it was Greek or that it just simply was Egyptian, but they asked him to translate it. He began to translate it, and that was when they gave him the gotcha moment because they actually had a good translation of that text. And uh, they then proceeded to say, actually, that's not what this says. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, I just want to say I wasn't farting. I'm sitting on a rubber ball. Uh, <laughs> He's capping. I, I promise. Uh, You're on um, <laughs> uh, But yeah, so that's really interesting. I, I haven't heard about that. Um, it, I think my response to that would just be, he wasn't very learned in any other language. Um, he and there are certain things. There was um, uh, so there's three uh, pictorials that were a part of uh, that that pyrite uh, mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier. And he just kind of, like, gave an interpretation. And he was like, yeah, you know, it probably means this and this and this. And those weren't translations because you don't really necessarily translate pictures because that's just not how... Like, yeah, no, actually, I remember what you're talking yeah. about. He claimed that some of these uh, these pictures, like these hieroglyphs, were specific people. He right. said, like, this person lying down here, this is meant to represent Abraham. This person right. with the dog head, yes. this represents this. And then people went back and they were like, that's not who these are about. These are about this Egyptian person and this Egyptian person. Right. Yeah, so so now an interesting thing with that is he never necessarily claimed that those were like the proper and only interpretations. And the thing But they with, weren't even... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't very close, right, with what certain experts would say. And that, that is true. Um, although he didn't claim that was correct. He was just kind of giving his best guess. And at the time, there weren't any experts that knew really any differently. Which is convenient for him. Yes. Uh, although, yes, yeah, very convenient for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the thing about that is they, they are symbols, right? And so, I'm 
fancy myself a linguist here. Okay, so there, there, there's a difference between signs and symbols. So, for example, a sign it would be like a word, like the word um, chair indicates a particular thing. There's you know there's no second interpretation of what a chair is. There are many things that might qualify as a chair, but you know what a chair is. Right. With symbols, they are open to interpretation and they may mean many different things. And some symbols are sometimes more concrete and although they are still open to multiple different interpretations. Uh, you obviously see this within the scriptures all the time. Um, but with things like pictographs, it's very obvious. Um, and so uh, in this particular case, I think that's probably what we're getting here is, you know, just Smith said, okay, well, um, this was with what he translated the book of Abraham from, right? This is what he's claiming. He's like, okay, well, probably has to do with Abraham then. And so then he just gave an interpretation based on um, what was revealed to mm. be um, mm-hmm. the And, and uh, like a common rebuttal that I've seen to this is just that Joseph Smith, similar to the Pope, doesn't speak infallibly. Right, right. So That's definitely true. So they're saying that like, well, he was probably pretty wrong in this case, but he's not speaking like from a position of infallibility, right. which is something that the Pope has been messing up a lot, Spencer. That's definitely um, true. <laughs> the Pope, for those of you who don't know, current Pope, big goober, and uh, has been saying a lot of things that aren't very... Uh, not the major, best of Popes. Not major <laughs> L. Major L's being taken. So we do see that in the in the in the Catholic Church too. However, uh, I would also just uh, hit the Catholics with the same rebuke. Like this is uh, this is not good um, because the thing is is like even if you're not speaking infallibly, it's a it's a it's weird for God to put someone in a prophetic position and then allow them to say things that are clearly wrong um, because it's not like you would think that a prophet would be um, speaking with more certainty like you wouldn't expect Joseph Smith you know if he if, if, if God is speaking through him you wouldn't think God would be like giving him these little things like l- allowing him to mess up in such a way that really badly um, Lucas is drawing really weird things on the computer. Well, I'm trying to do, like, from It's Always Sunny, the fence, how they have the fence, <laughs> and then the other two guys are making a debate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm on the Mormon side right now. Spencer's still on the fence. <laughs> oh, Spence. Spence, you on the fence? Spence, you on the fence? Yeah, sure, I'm on the fence. Uh, all right, he's on the fence right now. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, 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 I'm on Mormon's side right now. Okay, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas is proud Mormon. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I understand that these people aren't speaking infallibly, but like, you can't be taking things that are meant to be, cause like, it's fine to not, it's fine to make mistakes as a prophet because only Jesus was perfect. And so it's fine to make mistakes as a prophet, but those mistakes shouldn't be concerning things that are like very specific and, and like relevant to your case. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine to be a prophet and, like, be like, okay, this is my opinion and that's wrong. But if you say, like, okay, this is what I think the scripture means and that ends up being wrong, then to me that kind of makes you look like, uh, makes 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 your case look weak. Right, yeah. So, uh, 
I mean, so, I mean, there's examples of just about every prophet being wrong in some way, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the, uh, the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament. Um, although, name I mean, one. Name one? Name one. Uh, Moses. When was Moses wrong? Uh, well, so he was leading the children of Israel, and uh, they were complaining, and they wanted some water, and God said, hey, uh, do me a favor and just uh, uh, hit this rock, and water will come out. And uh, only hit it once. And uh, the Israelites kept complaining, and he said, how long am I going to suffer that you are you know, going to be complaining like this? Do I have to like bring water out of this rock? And uh, so then he hits it twice. And so the problem there was he hit it twice. He wasn't supposed to do that. And the uh, second thing was he claimed it uh, as himself. He said that he was doing it instead of giving credit to God. And so then that, oh. as a result of that, uh, he was not allowed to go to the promised land. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Good uh, rebuttal. But, but I would like to respond uh, to... Uh, so, I mean... Say, so, you said... What? This is what a scripture means. To be fair, Moses messed it up. He didn't like say like he didn't say like I'm gonna hit this rock and there's water come out and then he hits it and water didn't come out. Right, right, right. It was like oh no, I admit like I fucked up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which I guess maybe Joseph did after. Yeah. So I mean Joseph again with with the pictographs, which is the thing that is typically most uh, commonly um, criticized. He doesn't he doesn't say that those interpretations are scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, they're not candidate scripture. You yeah, say, yeah. yeah that was just in a courtroom. Right, yeah. He was just chilling at the time. Yeah. So, but even with the Book of Abraham pictographs, which are like they're in our books of scripture, they're not considered like canon. All right. Speaking of Joseph Smith, in that case, not adding to the scripture, is it not true, Jacob, that uh, that in the Bible? There are many passages that say, do not add to the scripture. Like, this is the book. You don't add, mm-hmm. you're not meant to add more things. And this was a this was one of my criticisms of the Catholic Church. Because the Catholics, they also have, um, they have some books. What was the, what were the books called? They've got some books that are meant to be the word of God. The deuterocanonical books? Or yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the Catholics also have books that are meant to be, um, the word from God, and so one of the one of the criticisms I leveled last week against the Catholics, I'm also going to use here, is that you're not meant to add to the Bible because it is supposed to be the complete work of the Word of God, um, and yet in this case, and that's 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 there for a reason. That's there so that there's no false prophets um, adding adding stuff that's not supposed to go in there. Lucas, if you could stop um, spazzing <laughs> out. Lucas, what are you trying to find? I think Lucas is having a, a religious oh, episode. No, where is it? I'll look for it for you later. Is that okay? I think we can find it later. All right. Um, but so in this case, so, I would say like it is, I mean, they are supposed to be complete works of God. So why is it that Joseph Mormon is then contradicting the... <laughs> Joseph Smith. Joseph no, Smith. Joseph Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mormon. <laughs> Why is it that Joseph Smith is then uh, then contradicting the Bible in that way? So, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, what is the Bible? A book. Uh, actually, yes. it's many books. Okay, it's many books that were put together. Yes. Um, there was a lot of books uh, to choose from, and at the time, there was a specific conference, which I don't remember the name of the conference, was but... It, uh, was it Nicaea? 
Before that, I think. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. But there was a conference, yeah. and through the inspiration of God, there was a group of men who, again, I'm apologizing because I don't remember they had they had their own title. Um, but through the through the inspiration of God, they chose out the correct books to compile to create the complete work of the Bible. Okay. Yes. So the two patches that I'm aware of, um, I think the only two that indicate that you shouldn't add or subtract from these words, if that's typically the phrase that's used, are in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 4.2, so that you do not add or subtract um, from these words, and then in Revelation 20. Um, so now, which the typical reading of old that, and new, right? Yes, yeah, so that would be, so that's the end of the Torah. So Deuteronomy is in the old, yeah. and then uh, Revelations is part of the New Testament. Yeah, so my typical response to this is, okay, so why is there more than like, why is there a scripture after Deuteronomy? Well, I think the intention was sort of that, I mean, the Deuter Deuteronomy was its own book. So it's not saying that Deuteronomy is the only book. Right. It's, it's, it's written in De the... Deuteronomy. That's funny. It's written, <laughs> in, it's, written, it's written in the knowledge that Deuteronomy, and like Revelations, exactly for the same thing. Like Revelations was not under the impression that Revelations was the Bible. Like, that right. book itself was the Bible. Right. Both of them are written with the knowledge that the Bible will be completed as a, as a, as a complete word of God. Right. And so, well, once it was... true. Huh? I don't know if that's necessarily true. What do you mean? Well, like, they're written with the knowledge that the Bible would be the whole word of God. I mean, I don't... So, is your interpretation of... True. Is, your, is your interpretation of Revelations that when they said, do not add to this, they meant... That Revelations itself was going to be the only book. So for Revelation, no. So for Revelations, I interpret that, and other uh, scholars also interpret that to mean you don't add to the Book of Revelation, because the Gospel of John, for example, Revelation was written by John. The Gospel of John was written after Revelation, mm -hmm. as far as we can tell, right? And so my my interpretation of the the verse in Revelation is that it's saying, okay, yeah, the book of Revelation should not be added to or subtracted from. For my interpretation of Deuteronomy, it's you don't add or subtract from the law, which is the Torah. Now, you can have other scripture, you can have other prophetic writings, you can have other historical writings, that's fine, but you don't add or subtract from the law, you don't add or subtract from the book of Revelation. That That's my interpretation of that. Okay. I really wish I had prepared for this, because I don't even remember exactly what those passages say, so... Well, we I'm gonna. We can just assume that you're correct, and uh, I'm. I love assuming that I'm correct. Uh, yes. Actually, I'm constantly in a state of assuming that I'm correct. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's a, um, yeah, we kind of just decided to do this pod like <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes ago. So I'm not very well prepared here. I'm just um, trying to like remember all this. All this and stuff I, I'm in a constant state of preparation for this. So you know, I, yeah. I mean, you know, I was. So I'm at a disadvantage here. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, I mean, we, we can read the passages if you, if you would like. So, uh, sure. Deuteronomy 4.2. Uh, ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So, that is, you know, for me, so the verse before that says, Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. And then it says the, uh, the do not add or uh, subtract, um, add or diminish. 
Uh, so that one, because of the clause after that says that you may keep the commandments of the Lord, to me that indicates that he's referring to the law itself um, in, in its whole, the, the, the first five books of the uh, Hebrew Bible. Um, yep. um, Lucas is literally biting my foot as we're doing this pod. Um, no, that's, that's fine. Your you, honor. you can come bite my foot if you really want, Lucas, okay? It's, uh, he's lying. Um, no, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I understand your interpretation of the Deuteronomy, and I think it's probably fair. It's wrong. Just based, no, <laughs> based off of, based off of what you just read, I think that's a, that's a fine interpretation. There are other passages. I just did a, a quick search here. Um, in Matthew, for example, it's talking about false prophets that are going to arise after the case that's and true. not to follow them. Um, and there's a couple of other passages too. Um, so I would, I would say to the listener, I'm not going to read through them. I'm just, I just Googled them on my phone. Um, I will say, I will say like the one from Matthew is for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders. So as to mislead if possible, even the elect, but there's a, there's the elect. That's you, Jacob. There's many, there's many passages in the Bible that say, uh, like, not to add, and they're all written in different ways. Deuteronomy, I think, you're, is maybe a fair, uh, maybe you gave a fair assessment that it's talking specifically about that book. So I would tell the listener to maybe look into those and see if you agree with Jacob's interpretation and decide for yourself. Um, but I, mean, I, think that's a, I think that's a good rebuttal. Um, let's see here. I, I wrote down everything on like this tiny notepad before we began, so I'm just crossing them off. Yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, yeah. We're we're let's see, we're about uh, a third of the way through. Um, I I just like to say, uh, Spencer, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, although I don't uh, take the deuterocanonical Deuter books uh, to be a uh, you know, complete scripture, I, I do. I'm a big fan of them. I think they're great. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I think they're definitely worth a worth a read. Fascinating books. Uh, you know, Joe Smith also said that uh, they're worth a read too. Uh, spirit so uh you know yeah oh, yeah you're doing a great job uh, yeah joseph smith i appreciate you're a good catholic uh, you know it's, mm-hmm. it's great yep. yes yes Very yeah well. i don't think like necessarily that <laughs> i think a lot of the things that the mormons do and that the um especially the catholics I, i'm a big fan of the catholics but there are some important criticisms that that people should take into account before i'm um, being misled now um <laughs> nice let's see uh certainly worth learning about religion Especially your own. Yes. Oh, uh, here's an interesting one. Um, I guess this one would kind of come from a rebuttal that you've already kind of addressed, but Joseph Mormon... (laughs) (laughs) Man, this is good. They should have named the book Joseph Smith. He's the one who wrote it. Well, he did. Some might say that. Some might say that. Um, But uh, it is interesting... um, when uh, Joseph Smith had multiple wives, correct? That's correct. And then that is then... Um, so, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, the book of... Sorry, just the Latter-day Saints is run in a similar way to the Catholic Church, where there is, in the sense... And specifically in the in the fact that um, they are... They, they have Holy prophets. shit, this sounds so different. Um, so, yeah. So, life. many, many, many... Many different sects and different religions. Sex. 
That's funny. That, we hit the oh, word. Did. Did, 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 did. <laughs> uh, don't really add to their profit list, um, but Catholics do, and so do Mormons. They have people who sort of speak for God, yeah. right? In like, not necessarily infallibly, although the Pope can do that. You keep saying infallibly when it's pronounced infallibly. Thank you. I appreciate um, that, Lucas. I was gonna. I, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, infallibly. Um, which the Pope has done twice, I believe, right? The Church. The, wasn't the Church has spoken fallibly twice? Infallibly. Through the, through the Pope. Right, through the Pope. But, but yeah. you, when you say the Pope, it might sound like one person. I'm just saying the Church. Okay. Using the Pope as... So the, the, the Church has claimed to... And that's only something that Catholics believe, right? That right. the Church has spoke infallibly. Right. So... Um, but yeah, and there, there's some specific instances where they're saying like, yeah, we're definitely not wrong about this one. Um, I don't know if the prophets do that. Do they ever speak from a position of infallibility? Uh, yeah, I would say that they do. Infallibility? I don't think they necessarily say it when they do, but I mean, they, yeah, I mean, we do believe that there are certain things that a prophet will say. It's like, well, yes, obviously this is definitely true, and they would affirm that to be the case, um, although they don't. I just remembered another thing. I'm going to write it down on my list. <laughs> uh, you're going to um, love it because it classic, says yeah. black, so that's a classic. So we'll get to that yeah. one. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting. But to keep talking about what we were talking about, um, Joseph Smith um, loved having many wives. I don't and know. I would characterize it as he loved Prophets that. later on were like, this is, uh, that's not correct. We're not supposed to be doing that. So, I mean, I guess if you could address why these people are kind of contradicting each other in the, the, their practices, what they are teaching. Yeah, so, um, the, so the status quo of the church, the, the normal baseline is that uh, monogamy is what uh, is God's law. That, that is God's law. is a monogamous marriage between, between a man and a woman. Now, there are times, you see this in the Bible as well, when that is not the case, when God commands his prophets to have multiple wives. You see this with Abraham, you see this with Moses, um, assumably, it, it's kind of unclear, um, and you see this with uh, Jacob, Israel. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, nobody would and dispute... God, God commanded them to have multiple yeah, wives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so nobody would dispute that polygamy is always bad, unless you Jacob wasn't supposed to have four wives. Uh, Moses wasn't supposed to have two wives. Um, and so that, that's what it's like, well, okay, well, polygamy was okay at certain times. in uh, Right. In my, criticism being, my criticism being more along the lines of they then decided that this is, like, a bad thing. Right. So they, so nobody, no leaders of the church have ever said, oh, yeah, it was bad that Joseph Smith uh, did polygamy. It's bad that you know polygamy was a thing in the church uh, for a amount of time. Um, they just said, "No, nope, that's you not." Like you start with a high volume and then you trail off. Oh, sorry. Can you, can you not hear? No, I mean I probably can. I don't okay. know. It's hard to tell when I'm in the same room. But okay. just uh, you know, keep that volume up. Keep yeah, that sorry. Volume. So um, where was I? Uh, saying Joseph Smith is killing it with the polygamy. <laughs> you said that nobody's come out and come out against it and said that polygamy was wrong. Right. 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 So they didn't say that polygamy was uh, wrong for when it, we believe that it was commanded to be so. 
Um, so, uh, let's see, I believe... So wait, so then three... it's a ch- a changing immorality over time? No, no, it's just the commands of God. Right? So God... Well, why would God command... Like, you're saying God would contradict what was formerly correct? Or... No, 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 he's saying, he's saying that no one ever claimed it was bad, so there is no contradiction. Yeah, no, no, nobody no. claims that it was bad that Joseph Smith um, instituted polygamy for a time. Right, th- th- this is the claim. Okay. So there's um, no contradiction. Yeah. Okay. They just said to not do it. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, Wolf, or Wolf rather Woodruff, to stop doing it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Oh, but that's my point. It's like, like if God's like, hmm, well, you, you can kill people right now, but then he comes down, or like killing people's okay until well, he comes down and says like, you guys. No, stop. I, I actually think that's fine. That happens in the Bible. That's pretty much what happened with the Old Testament. But the morality isn't rules like are being rewritten throughout time. It's not a it's not a moral thing. Like right. there are rules in the Old Testament that weren't necessarily moral judgments. Like the fact that you can't eat shrimp, it's not a moral right. judgment. It's simply a commandment. And they're not saying that it's like the act in itself is immoral. It's right. just that God is forbidding it for a specific reason at that time. Yeah. And then the Old Testament is rewritten and you don't have to do those things anymore. And it's not saying that they were ever evil or that they're less evil now. It's just back then you weren't supposed to do it. Right. And there are good reasons for a lot of that stuff. Like some of those commandments that God was putting down was to protect the people right. like when he says you can't eat this and this and this it's because at that time those things were very unclean and harmful to the people so he's not speaking from a moral position it's just God's commandment is don't do this and then later he says okay now you're allowed to do that and so that's what Jacob's saying that's right yeah. okay um okay cool um cross that one off alright I gotta go take a pee out my wiener for this next one but I'll be back um where are you on the fence? Are you on the fence, or are we still full Mormon? He's doing it. Jacob's doing a great job so far. Yeah, I'm Mormon. I'm leaning more. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaning more and more Mormon each second. I'm glad to hear. But I've started with the easy ones. We're coming up to the hard balls. <laughs> oh man. Um. Why is there a weird handshake? <laughs> uh, well, um, I would say that there are multiple handshakes. For those, so, for those listeners yeah. who don't know what I'm talking about, um, there are a lot of ritual uh, things in in the Latter-day Saints, but very similar to Catholics. Catholics also have a lot of rituals, and um, one of the funnier ones that people like to poke fun of, there's a couple of good ones. There's one, women always wear a swimsuit. Uh, <laughs> is that until they're married, um, or is it like pretty much always? Wait, what? There, there's like the holy underwear. Oh yes, okay. It's so, like a full, but it's not just underwear. It's like a full swimsuit. Yeah. So th- this is this has changed uh, slightly. So um, so those two things that you're referring to are uh, in relation to the temple. So uh, the temple. So we have we have two sacred buildings in our faith. We have uh, churches and we have temples, and everybody is welcome in our church buildings uh, whenever they want for Sunday services and uh, other activities that we hold, and. The temple, just like the ancient tabernacle in the Old Testament, um, can only be entered by certain um, faithful members of the church. And so, one of the covenant. So, in the temple, we have certain ceremonies, as uh, Adam said. And uh, as part of that, uh, you have you know certain uh, hand shake. You might call it a handshake. You might call it a hand clasp. Um, 
Secret handshake. Yeah, sure. You you, you make a like a treehouse. Just like a treehouse. Just like to get into your treehouse when you were a kid, you needed the secret handshake. Yes, yes. <laughs> that yeah, that, that's a, not a bad analogy. Um, and so then another part is uh, once you go through. So this is uh, called the the endowment ceremony, um, and as a part of that, you receive um, what we call we just call them garments, um, and. You are just you just covenant to, with God to wear them throughout your life, um, and so it's it's anybody, uh, man or woman who goes through. Well, this what is what is okay? Here. So women wear like essentially. They, so, I mean, so, they're not swimsuits, but they are they they're shaped like swimsuits. It's full body, like shoulder to. Yeah. So it used to be down. that um, so it was the same way for men as well. Okay. So men wore all the way up to the shoulder. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So but not anymore. So they yeah they changed the kind of appearance of the garments. Um, there are only certain. Are you talking about the underwear now? Yeah. Dang. So there are certain aspects of the garments that um, are really the most important, um, and part of it is you know it covers you modestly. Um, Face. And yes, and that's pretty much it. So it used to be like the garments were like one piece like just, just like from shoulder to knees and it was just one piece that you just I don't know how it worked because I don't know because right. they changed them but um, they're getting more stylish with the time yeah they're just they're just slightly more Louis comfortable Vuitton underwear yeah not quite although uh, I mean they're pretty comfortable nowadays have you worn them yeah I'm, I'm wearing them right now yeah wait you have to wear them all the time wait right. I, but I thought you said but you're not wearing like Full shoulder to shoulder anymore. You said men don't do that anymore. Yeah, so it's not a one piece, but okay. you we have a top and you have a bottom. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. So it's it's. I mean, if you're gonna compare it to like normal clothing, it's like an undershirt and just like regular old like boxers. Very cool. Wait, you have to wear them all the time. Yeah. Uh, you do covenant to wear them all the time. Yes. All the time. Well, okay, well, so like, not, not like when within you're swimming, reason. like not when you're having sex, like you know. Oh, you like, have sex? I don't. Can I have sex? Yeah, we can do it, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait. I'll Mormon. Wait, but like, like, <laughs> not when you're swimming. <laughs> you don't have to do what you're saying. No. Okay. Or like showering. Not when it's, like yeah, not when it's inconvenient. The second you want to... <laughs> well, like... Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that took me back on the fence. Speaking of the speaking of the temples, uh, the Mormon temples are are fantastic. I think I've there we have one in Anchorage, and it is probably the most beautiful building in Anchorage. I think it's like a very it looks very sweet. The one in Anchorage, um, we don't have any non-Anchorage listeners, but um, <laughs> we have pretty <laughs> shitty buildings, and our churches here are not very impressive. Um, but the temple that we have here is made of like polished white marble and is like, has like a gold statue out front and it looks very nice. And I wish that other Christians would take more care into creating a building that is like, uh, is, is, is representing the glory of God because we have some very ugly churches here, which is not good. I don't think like, I don't think you should be. I mean, you, you should do what you can. Like, I understand if you don't have the money and you just need to, like, take a building that's already there and, like, retrofit it to, like, kind of be a church. But, I mean, as Christians, we should try to create things that are permanent, that are in the glory of God. And 
that's something that the Mormon church does pretty well. Right, and um, the, the thing that people say about that is they're like, well, wow, the Catholic church, they say it's so important to help the poor, but they got gold churches with stained glass windows. It's like, you could be using all that money to help the poor. Like, as though aesthetic value is no serves no purpose in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just... Yeah, good truth and... Goodness and truth and beauty are actually important. They, they're actually exactly. important things, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yes. Yeah. And, so based. Yeah, one thing... When the, uh, when the church was first restored, um, and they... A lot of the first church members moved out, moved out to uh, Ohio, um, was... They were commanded to build a temple. Um, and Joseph Smith was, like, you know, helping build the temple. And people were like... Why, why are you helping build a temple? You don't have a house yet. Like, you haven't built a house yet. He's like, uh, yeah, well, uh, God hasn't had a house on the earth for like 2,000 years, so uh, let's let, let's make that happen. Okay? <laughs> like, and yes. so that, that's that's one of the, one really important thing. I mean, our temples are one of the most important aspects of our religion. Um, they're, they're very important. That's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty swag. I guess one thing that I would say is Waka Waka. Waka Waka. And the second thing I, second I would that, say... Yeah. Pointy yeah. Waka Waka. Um, I think... And this is a little bit my own personal interpretation because there are sects of pre- Christianity that... Sex. Shut up and... Um, <laughs> he had told me to shut up before you... Because <laughs> I, could, I could tell he was like itching. Because <laughs> um, there, there, there are certain branches of Christianity that do say like... Uh, that there is like... What's what's the one where there's a specific number involved on how many people are saved? Oh, that's Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. One hundred forty-four thousand. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there is like one hundred forty-four thousand people who are going to be saved. So you're fucked. Yeah, everyone out there. Which is a very small amount when you're considering total amount of Christians that are and have been. Um, but I think that because I criticize those ideas too, I'm also going to criticize it here in in the Mormonism. Um, we're not, and, and also with, this was, I think this was also sort of a thing that I had an issue with the Catholics as well, but we're not supposed to really make determinations on who's going to go to heaven, who isn't. So how come we have this group of people who are allowed to have the handshake and are allowed to go into the temple, like this assumption that we know these people are better than the rest of us Christians and, um, cause I just don't think that's a very biblical thing. I don't think that there's a lot of, um, support for that in the Bible. So, I mean, it's a valid criticism, but there is in fact, uh, very, very good evidence for that in the Bible. Um, okay. the Jews were the chosen people and there was a very specific, um, group of, of Israelites that were allowed to, for example, go into the tabernacle and form, uh, the certain ordinances and sacrifices. Um, that they viewed as, as important, um, the Levites. And an even smaller number of them were allowed to go into the holiest place, what they believed to be the holiest place on earth, the Holy of Holies. Um, There's only descendants of Aaron that were allowed to, to perform those types of ordinances and go into the, um, go into the Holy of Holies. The Holy so, of Holies? Yes, the Holy of Holies. Nice. Or the holiest place, as some translations do. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but also, I mean, the thing about uh, our religion doesn't make a determination of, oh, okay, you know, these people that, you know, go into the temple, oh, they're going to be saved. That's not true at all. No, nobody, if people believe that, they believe that incorrectly. And you get that in, in 
at the church as well, where you people think, oh, well, you know, if I'm, you know, if I do all the ordinances, make all the covenants, and you know, then I'm I'm good, I'm saved, and that's not true. You need to continue to be doing good, and you know, one wonderful aspect um, I think of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is that we believe in uh, vicarious uh, work for the dead, vicarious salvation, um, which is one of the things we do in our temples, which is. You know, yeah, I don't like this. Is that baptizing the dead? Yeah, so that's baptizing for the like dead that. and the ordinances, uh, the other ordinances for the dead. Well, so now, the thing is, I, I had a really hard time thinking of, you know, how I could possibly convince somebody, like, oh, yeah, okay, if I carry work for the dead, it makes sense. Because, you know, I couldn't think of anything analogous to it, like, anywhere else. Like, where do you see that? Um, but that's what the atonement is. The atonement of Jesus Christ is the vicarious work for the dead. He sacrificed himself so that everybody else could be saved. Right? Mm. And so that's, it's analogous no. to what we do, is we perform ordinances for others in place of others so that they can accept them if they wish. I disagree with that. The, Jesus is not atoning, well, he's not, he's not saving those who chose not to be saved. Right. Like, when Jesus is performing that act, there is... That is for those who have faith. That's kind of what the book of Revelation is about, is that Jesus is saying, like, there are those who are going to be saved. Like, his, his gift is for everyone, but right. not everyone chooses to take it. Right. Um, because some of us, while here on earth, choose not to turn towards the Lord. Right. Now, the problem... So, that's, that's fine. The problem is that the... Mormons are going back and they're taking people who turn their, uh, presumably turn like, well, I mean, from the, from the Mormon position, turn their head from God's, from, from, from God. And then, and then rewriting what they chose. So that is not what Jesus is doing. Yeah. So now I said, that's, that's not the case. We believe that when we do these uh, vicarious ordinances for them, they have the option of choosing them. Mm. So they can say, oh, no, I don't actually want it. But we give, we allow them to have that option. Okay. So it's the same thing with... with uh, It doesn't sit well with me because the book, because that's not exact, that's not really how the Bible ever portrays it. Right. Like, and so, so that's what some people don't like about Mormons is that like they're going and taking people who said... No, I don't want to be Mormon. No, I I found Jesus through this way, this route, and then Mormons who Mormons then go back and after they die, they're like, well, no, nah, but he's Mormon now. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's I think that's like not a good practice. I understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but I think that m- many people are are gonna find that rather displeasing. Yeah. So yeah, and, and people do. I don't want like I don't want someone to rewrite my beliefs after I die. Right. Yeah. And it, I ran into a couple people in uh, in Georgia that had this exact qualm. They're like, "Well, no, you can't do that." Um, but the thing is, you're you're not you're not rewriting it. You're just allowing them to accept something, um, and I mean, so I mean, we. I mean, this kind of goes into our um, the, uh, our kind of cosmology and theology uh, a little deeper, but we believe that you, when you die, your spirit is separated from your body, and you kind of go to this um, the, the spirit world. And mm-hmm. in there, in the spirit Elysium. world, Elysium. Hmm? Elysium. I don't know what that is. 
Is that like the Greek? Yeah, it's like, the Greek. Anyway, continue. Yeah, sure. Um, and so you go to the spirit world, and <laughs> there you there are kind of two places. You have um, kind of spirit paradise, where people who have accepted uh, Christ and the ordinances and the covenants, and spirit prison, where people have not. Mm-hmm. And wait, so, what? Those are the two afterlives. Well, well so, there's no, more. No. Yeah, there's more. There's several. There's, I believe there's, correct me if I'm wrong, four realms? So, um, it's not sort of super five. clear, but uh, yes. It, well, Sort of five. And so for those who aren't listening, okay, maybe I'll give my... Well, arguably six. But. Arguably six? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll say what I remember, um, which is going to be somewhat wrong, and then you can correct me. Okay, yeah. But, so, the Mormons have several different realms, which are typically, if you look at cool little pictograms, they're, 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 they're like different little planets. That's normally yeah, how it's drawn. Yeah, we always, that's, yeah, we always yeah, that's drawn as, yeah. like, little planets, and it's drawn as, like, a little solar system, but I understand that it's just, like, these different yeah, realms, representation, but yeah, yeah. And so, when you die, there is the saved, and then there is, um, the not saved, and... From what I remember, when you're in the saved place, this is when you take the opportunity to go to the not saved place and try to convince people. And so you travel back over and you're like, look, I'm in the saved place. You're in the not saved place. You should. Wait, who would not be convinced? They'd be no, like, okay, oh my not, God, this yeah. sucks. So that, Wait, that, you're from the saved place? Yeah, I accept that. That's one of my. Well, yeah, so the thing is, is the, it's the same reason why you might not accept it now. So you, you can say, oh, okay, yeah, okay, well, clearly there is an afterlife, but it doesn't necessarily mean, like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, or it doesn't mean I'm going to say, okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to accept the responsibilities and the covenants and the ordinances that are associated with, um, you know, the true religion. So, okay, so I'll, I'll, let me let me finish, because I'm sure yes, you're going to have, you're going to have criticisms yeah. along every... Wait, is the not safe place, like, hell or not? No. no, it's oh, more okay. like uh, uh, it, it's analogous to it, but it's not no, it's more finality. Analog- yeah, right. it's more analogous to uh, purgatory. Yeah, I would say yeah. It's more um, but you're gonna have several criticisms, yeah, so yeah, I th- just let me finish, and then you can um, hit all of them. Um, but so yeah, I mean to Lucas's point, so people are going back over saying you get saved, you should get saved, and then people who accept can then move on. Um, but you. Um, don't interrupt me here because you're gonna you're definitely gonna have something to say about this. But right. I would say like um, to Lucas's credit, like once you know, then it takes the aspect of faith out. So these people who are there, they know now. Yeah, God is real. My sins have punished me. There isn't really like it doesn't really make sense for them to then turn away the angels and say like, uh, actually, I'm gonna still choose to be in purgatory. Like the reason people do that here on Earth is because they are skeptical. Or like other reasons, but um, but the, the entire point of doing it here on Earth is because there's a faith aspect, and once you get put into a purgatory and you suddenly have proof, it removes the faith aspect, which is really important here on Earth for normal Christians. It's like the entire point is that you're it's not supposed to be through any sort of like proof or anything. You're supposed to do it straight through faith. So that's one thing. They also have another place, which is hell, which is those are people who. Um, are in purgatory and then they still choose no I'm gonna follow Lucifer they do get put into a permanent place of 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 devil worship I suppose and then there is you I'm, I'm missing I'm clearly missing them because I think I'm at five right now 
Uh, or I'm about to I'm about to be at five. Then there's like true heaven, essentially, which has levels. There's three. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. Three? Yeah. So now that's my interpretation. I'm not convinced that okay. that is true, but a lot of people do say that. Yes. Yeah, so so then you go to heaven, and there there's three realms, and in the bottom one you don't get to speak to Jesus. Oh, or, oh, that's true. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Three levels in, of, in heaven. Yeah. In so like the, in like the the best place. Right. Yeah. So there's. Yes. And then wait, wait, and then let, let me wait, and then if I'm correct, those who didn't believe before, um, those people who then choose to believe, they go to the bottom level. In the bottom level, you are separated from Jesus and God. Those who I don't remember how you get. Okay, I think those who did believe before they died, those people get put into the second level. Um, so there is like some reward for choosing your faith here on earth. They get put in the second level where Jesus, um, where they are visiting with Jesus, and then those who are like very good or like necessary or somewhat the elect in a way those people get put on the top level and here you can associate with god and jesus and that is my that is pretty much everything i remember so if you will okay go that's pretty wacky i'm now on no more <laughs> that, was, that was pretty a pretty good uh, interpretation it's go. not entirely correct there's a lot of yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, please please go but through. yeah that's pretty good so um yeah so you die your spirit separated from your body you have uh so you said you know saved and not saved I don't really like describing it that way because I do believe that everybody is actually saved. That's that's in the sense that we're all resurrected. In the sense that we all get a, a resurrection of the body, just like Christ did, because um, we because he um, when he atoned and was resurrected, he um, broke the bands of physical death and spiritual death, and so we all get to live again. And then we also have the option of being saved in the spiritual sense which allows us to live uh, like god and with god um so there's yeah so this kind of purgatory so the, the the faith aspect that's that i completely agree with you and this is one thing that i actually struggle with myself i i do one because we don't have a good uh, idea of um what it's like in the spirit world we just have a very rudimentary understanding of okay we have the spirit world and there's people in spirit paradise and there's people in spirit prison and people in spirit paradise can go down and teach the people in spirit prison and you have the opportunity to accept vicarious ordinances and that's kind of pretty much it and you have the opportunity of repentance and you know improving yourself to a degree we don't really know what that's like so there's that um and then you know you're, you're judged you're resurrected or your resurrection and you're judged and um so yeah you're right so there's this uh we call it outer darkness but yeah it's like hell it's yep you don't <laughs> wait 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 how do you get in outer darkness that is when you go to purgatory yeah, and you still reject completely reject but how long do you have to Christ. reject for isn't that eternity i mean people are going to that part to convince people yeah how long do they have before those people get cast in outer darkness uh, until the end of the millennium Oh, so they have like 996 years? or I can't do math. Uh, millennium is uh, 2,000 years. Or 1,000 years, sorry. So they have... So they have, they have like until 978 years right now. When, no, so, no, no, no. So when Christ comes. So when Christ comes, then the millennium will start. Oh. When he, when he comes again. Wait, so you get a 1,000 years of just chilling and all these people... Because, okay, because people are obviously getting siphoned off yeah. Then you have the rapture, right? So then, or whatever, sure. the, the re-coming of Christ. And then, then, so people are just getting siphoned off then, since 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 the re-coming of Christ. Yeah. 
So then there's gotta be like 200 of you guys left, like 900 years in, and there's like a billions of Mormons just coming to be like, dude, listen, you're like the last 200 people. You got like 100 years left, or it's gonna be fucked. And you're just like, you're just like, ah, I think I'm gonna hold out for a little longer. Yeah, so I, like, I just can't. I haven't made up my mind yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, honestly, I think, uh, so there's, there's a book, I can't remember who writes it, but I think it's, the title is, Odds Are You'll Be Exalted. Let's like, go. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, um, you'll, you probably will decide. So for all of those of you out there who are thinking of becoming Mormon, wait re- till 999 years Remember, after Jesus' return. If you're wrong, if, I mean, if you're correct in that, like, Mormonism's not the way, then you'll be saved at the end. If you're wrong, you can always just do it later. So to hedge your bets... Just yeah, don't exactly. believe in Mormonism yet, and you'll have a second chance. No, later. that's such a good Head point. Head your bets. Like, Head your bets, fellas. There's no reason to do it, like, now. Like, you could, like, choose one of the ones, like, like if you choose Catholicism now, where it's like, they're like, no, you, like, you have to be absolved of mortal sin before you die through our church. Then it's like, okay, these guys, at least I have, like, like, because Mormonism, it sounds like you're good either way. Like, Well, okay, so to, to, to Jacob's credit, though, if you don't pick now, you're not going to get into the celestial kingdom. Well, and that's the top dog. That's where. Well, you... Jacob's Jacob's. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> so Whoa, wait, I'm, right. yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> so okay. So again, we don't have a great idea of. So that might be true. We don't know. We we really don't. Um, because we don't have a great idea of certain aspects of the afterlife. Um. So yeah. So to get back to it, outer darkness. Yeah, you don't accept ever. You never accept Jesus Christ. Okay, you decide to follow the devil instead. Okay, so you have that. Then you have the three kingdoms of glory, is what we call them. So you have the terrestrial, and that's... So you we're kind of getting prerequisites for each one. We don't have any prerequisites for any of, the, for any of them, except for the celestial kingdom. Okay, for the, the highest one. The highest and what is heaven. the prerequisite? The prerequisite for the highest heaven? Yeah. It is to accept the ordinances and covenants. All of them. And you can do that after. That could be posthumous? Um, well, yes. Let's go, dude. Epic. Woo! Okay. Um, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll just put that off for another 2,000 years minimum. Well, you know, that's only if you end up doing it. (laughs) Yeah. If you're so so confident that you'll do it, uh, then you might as well just do it now. Nah, we'll wait. Wait, I want to hedge my bets. I'll go Catholic. Yeah, now. I'll wait till there's two billion Mormons. I'll go Catholic now. Dude, you're the last one. It's you got like two hours left until until the millennium ends. You're the last guy. All right, all right, I'll do it. All right, all right. You know what? You've convinced me. You twisted my arm these past nine hundred ninety-eight years. Fuck you. Do you have a kick? Wait, do you have a kick cat on you? I don't have a fucking kick. What are you talking? Get into get into heaven now. You got two hours. I want a Kit Kat, man. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> All right. Uh, we actually did not talk about one of them, which is the pre-mortal existence. Right. And what happens with Mormons is they first exist in, well, I guess all people, right? Yes. Uh, all people the exist people. in the pre-mortal existence uh, before they're born. They choose to come down to Earth as a uh, as a set of trials, right? That's me. I don't know. Do you have to choose that? Yeah, Does everyone do it at some so, point? So either you are here on Earth and you chose to come to Earth, or you chose to follow Satan and you never got a body. And okay, okay. So the, so there's not really too much of a choice. Like, you did choose at some point, but well, yeah, there was there's not choice. really an alternative. Yeah, so it was either you decided, yep, um, I believe that Christ will do what he says, and 
I will have the opportunity to be exalted, or, uh, nope, I'm going to follow Satan instead. Yeah, okay, so, and then they pass through the veil of forgetfulness, which is, um, what makes you not remember anything when you're one years old, on top of your tiny brain, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, and so, and that's, that's fine. Uh, I think one of the fun parts, a little fun fact, the... The three places that you go, the, the three kingdoms that he's describing are called the Celestial Kingdom, the Terrestrial Kingdom, and the Telestial Kingdom. And the fun little fact about the Telestial Kingdom is that wasn't a word when Joseph said it. He, That's just, true. he made it up on the spot. He's yes. like he's like the Apostle <laughs> Wallace. That's exactly correct, yeah. Which is fine, yeah. I mean, that's fine if that's... I mean, he... Yeah. He's like David Foster Wallace. David Foster Wallace? Or Shakespeare. Yeah. Or any of the great writers. Dr. Seuss. True. The greatest of writers. Um, Charles Dickens. All right. No, that's good. Um, thank you very much for that description. That was a, a good reminder of, of how all that works. Good Catholic man. Um, okay, I just wrote that down as weird places, so I'll cross that off. Um, oh, uh, I might be not remembering correctly how this criticism goes, but um, I'm under the assumption that Mormon described... Yeah, and I think I'm speaking correctly when I say Mormon, although maybe I'm supposed to be saying Joseph Smith here. No, I think I'm probably supposed to be saying Joseph Smith. Who who came to America first? Was it Joseph Smith or Mormon? Uh, it was, uh, well, yeah, Mormon was... Mor yeah, Mormon, 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 yeah, right, right, thank you. So Mormon was the first person in the Americas. Well, and so the first person in the Americas, as in the Book of Mormon, would be uh, Jared and the brother of Jared and his family. Uh, they were all killed, they all died off. Mm -hmm. And then the, oh, and the Book of Mormon begins with Lehi and his family. Right. And if I don't... Hmm. I read the book, and if I remember correctly, Lehi gets betrayed by his brothers? Nephi gets betrayed. Nephi, okay, okay. Yeah, Nephi was uh, the son of Lehi. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, but so, America's was the promised land for those people. Mm -hmm. um, and in the book, they're described as being the first people there. But obviously now we know that Native Americans have been here for a lot longer than that. So would you like to tackle that one? Uh, yeah, so first of all, uh, they don't know. Uh, there's no indication that there, were, that there were or were not any other people when they got here. As it turns out, there definitely were because the Jaredites came um, like after the time of Noah, like around the time of the Tower of Babel, and they were there. And... Uh, actually, wait, wait, wait. When's the Tower of Babel? Uh, after Noah. When's Noah? Before Abraham. Give me, give me like dates. Uh, like, I don't know. When about? Bullhorn. That's Old um, Testament, bro. I don't know. Three thousand BC, maybe. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so theoretically, they were here like thousands of years before. So Christ. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that so? Is that. Is that supported anywhere else, the fact that they were there when they said they were? Like, so, is there evidence of, of Mormon actually making that trip and being there way before Columbus or anyone else? So, one interesting... Th so, one thing about archaeology in America is that less than 2% of America has been archaeologically surveyed. So, not really. But there's also no data. Interesting so. fact about so little of America being archaeologically surveyed is there was a great battle described in the book 
and there was a lot of people who died, and you would expect after a great battle for there to be lots of evidence of a great battle, weapons, potentially bones and stuff, but the Mormon church refuses, they own that land that that hill was fought on, and they refuse to let anyone search for any evidence. Yeah, so there... So not that not to say that it has been searched and it hasn't been found, but rather that they're just saying like, no, you're not even allowed to look. You're yeah. talking about the real massacre, not the one, not something <laughs> that was talked about in the Book of Mormon? No, I'm talking about... Talking yeah, about the real, Book of Mormon. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about something that was in the Book of Mormon was there was this great battle and they know where it was. They So that's that not... Was, that's not true. So now... What... So, it's not true that they know where it was. No, Mormons so claim they know where that no, it's at a specific hill. Yeah, so people don't know that. So that's a really interesting thing. It's because in the Book of Mormon it talks about the Battle of Camorra. Okay, mm-hmm. it talks about that's right the Hill Camorra. And thing is, there's no and the we call the hill where Joseph Smith found the golden plates the Hill Camorra, but there's actually no reason to believe that they're the same place. So okay. That, so that it's that land that we own, uh, but there's no reason to believe that it is. And some scholars are like, no, there's no way. Like the description doesn't make any then sense. Then why won't they let us dig? I don't know. My guess is that it's probably sacred. I have no idea. Okay, fair enough. Um, cool. Um, speaking of little evidence, um, the Bible is rich with archaeological evidence for a lot of the things and every year we find something new every year um, we find like a new piece where we're like this artifact is mentioned here in the bible and look here it is or something like the great flood it's like oh look Mm -hmm. at that like we look through like the dirt and turns out yeah there definitely was like a great flood at this time Mm -hmm. and we're continuously being reminded that more and more of what we see in the bible is you know whether you want to say that it's it's biblically true like god actually destroyed the city but like even just like a dozen years ago they found like one of the great cities that was destroyed and people said <laughs> that city didn't exist and then lo and behold we find it um whereas the book of mormon there's like really no which you know that's fine if it's it's your that's how you want to like test your faith but um it the the, the bible is very supported um through everything that we found. Whereas the Book of Mormon, everything that Joseph Smith claims, there's like, you know, like for example, like the golden tablets, like conveniently dropped here by angels and then for some reason conveniently taken away from angels. Uh, did anyone even see them? Did yeah, anyone... so in, in the Book of Mormon, there is the testimony of the three witnesses and the testimony right, of the yes. eight witnesses. And then there are also a whole bunch of other witnesses that have, um, they're not like, documented in the Book of Mormon, but there are other witnesses that also um, have accounts of having seen the Golden Plates. So there's that. Right. There's like some witnesses, but we're not finding, we never, we've never found like any archaeological evidence, even stuff like, you know, Mormon coming here really early or any of these other things. Like we ne- like, I understand that there was a couple of witnesses, but everything in the Bible ends up being like very well supported um, for the vast majority of it. And we keep finding more and more. I'm, there's nothing like that in the Book of Mormon. We so there's no, there know. is in fact archaeological evidence of uh, the things that happened in the old world. So the first several chapters of the Book of Mormon describe the journey that um, Lehi and his family took from 
around the area of Jerusalem um, to this area that they called Bountiful. And then they took a ship to, to the Americas. And all along the way, there's several indications of, of uh, geographic markers, classic geographic markers, um, that are found. And there's a particular route that has all of them. And they, they describe uh, a sacrifice that they did. And they find, they, I don't remember how long ago this was, it might have been a couple de- decades ago, they found an altar with the name Lehi written on it, which is the name of Lehi. Um, and so th- there's a couple of uh, archaeological bits like that that just are very clear. It's like, okay, well, at the very least, this is a very clear path that they took. Um, right, but aren't those... I mean, with the Bible, it's like, okay, we didn't think this existed. Oh, turns out it does. Would it, Aren't those things where uh, Joseph could have been like, okay, well, I already know of these places now that we've discovered these areas, now that we know of these like temples and stuff. Now I'm going to like rewrite it back in. Like it's not like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily so, evidence. It's just like yeah, he's using real life things in his book. Yeah, so the thing is n- none of the Middle East was known about by anybody in the West at that time. In the 1830s, nobody knew about the Middle East, especially Saudi Arabia, which is where the uh, the route is that they took that they they find there's no evidence, no knowledge of that until at least the late 1800s. So after the Book of Mormon's written, people yeah. then went back and where they're like, yeah. oh, look, this actually was here. Yeah. And Joseph never went to this place. Right. Okay, cool. And <coughs> he didn't have access to any, um, really any information about uh, the ancient world. Um, the closest library was like a couple towns away, um, but the libraries didn't have any about uh, that area of the world so okay another, another bit um no hearkening back to your witnesses though um the witnesses are a very interesting thing because people talk about these witnesses who are like okay no there are people who uh who admitted like are are, are solidifying this testimony but those witnesses those witnesses ended up um, when pressured, going back on their word and saying, actually, I lied about that. Actually, that wasn't true. Actually, I said I saw the golden place, but actually I didn't. And that's very interesting and telling because... So, well, that's actually not true. If, if you can find me one instance of any of the 11 witnesses doing that... The I, three witnesses. Yeah, no, the three witnesses never did. And they, the, uh, the other eight did not either? They, they all ended up falling away from the church. They ended up being excommunicated from the church because they no they never they never recounted their testimony. This is not what I remember. Yeah, from when I was researching this three years ago. Yeah, so they <laughs> okay. They, well, they fell away from the church. They all of them for a time really hated Joseph Smith. Um, one of them ended up coming back to the church, um, but yeah, they all left the church. They were all had very bad relations with Joseph Smith at some point, uh, but they. Many, many times were asked, hey, you want to, you know, recount your testimony of the book okay. of Mormon? like, nope, absolutely not. So they know what I saw. Okay. That's not how I remember it. And like I said, I have zero <laughs> research in front of me. So I can't really speak to or give any evidence right now. Um, I would say that the listeners should maybe do some research. 
Google what I just said. What if I, I might, maybe I'm just completely wrong. I don't think I am, but. The Google I mean, is an anti-Mormon arm. That's true. <laughs> um, you know, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if you do your research, maybe Jacob's wrong. Um, I'll leave that one to the listeners. But if that's, if it's true that none of them are counted and I'm wrong, then uh, fair enough, I suppose. It's, it's just interesting because, like, one of the things that we know about Jesus, which is very telling of Jesus being um, who he said he was, is that, like, Jesus performed a lot of miracles, and there are people who testify to that, and those prophets were all willing, and I'm being attacked by my colleagues here, um, but all those people ended up dying on that hill, like, they, you know, they said, like, uh, I mean, each of them from different ways, only one of the prophets actually lived to old age, right. Um, and the rest of them died gruesome deaths because they were willing to say like, no. And that's not something you would see if this was like a fake thing. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a pretty hard thing to, to, to counter, um, when you're talking about the validity of the Bible, because people aren't willing to get crucified, uh, which is one of the worst ways to die over something that they don't believe in. Um, so that's like a pretty strong um, evidence for Jesus' miracles and um, that he is as great as he said he was. So, or that other people said he was. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know too much more about the, the things. That's just something I remember um, reading about. Um, okay. Um, so the Mormons hated black people. Up until uh, very recently, characterization. they hated black people. Well, so what happened is is not a matter of religion, certainly. Huh? Not a matter of religion. They hated them. I, I wouldn't say if, if there were members of the church that hated them. I, I. Oh, okay, okay. It was not doctrine that you're supposed to hate black. The idea is is that in the Old Testament there is something called the Mark of Cain. And the Mark of Cain is, uh, I don't really want to get into the entire... How many more of these are we going to do? Dude, this is going to be the whole pod. We're ending after this. No, this is the first half. I no, said this, this is, is the, the Mormon pod. Dude, I have not gotten to the, the hard stuff yet. This is the easy stuff. All right, hold on. Okay, okay, can okay, I just we speed this? No, this no, is the Mormon me. stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. So well, okay, well, quick, quick, okay, I'll go... The Mark of Cain, uh, that is not... That's not... Interpreted to mean black people yeah, so by the Mormons. Yeah, so some people think that that is the case, that's not true. Nobody ever said that, oh, yep, that's the Mark of Cain. There, there were people later who said, oh, yep, that's why we don't give blacks the priesthood. But when the uh, the policy of you don't give blacks the priesthood was stated, no reason was actually ever given. Now, people have interpreted that. Yeah, they said that could be. I mean, uh, there's no indication that... Wait, black people weren't allowed to have priesthood? Yeah. Up until... Until 1977? Whoa, that is pretty recent. Pretty recent. Yeah. yeah, very recently. I'm like, all right, I'm back on Mormon side now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was never any reason given. It was just established as a policy. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's never any reason given. And like, could any other race be priests? Yeah. Like even Filipinos. Yeah. Well, as long as you didn't, have, if you could prove that the there Filipinos, was no black like ancestry that you black. had, it. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, if you could prove that you didn't have any black ancestry, then yes, you, you could. Wow. Be ordained. But so no, the important thing is there was no, um, there's no reason given for that. So people have come up with reasons as to why that is the case, but there was never any reason. Now, 
people also question that I've done the same thing why that policy was in place for so long and there's really no answer to that um, but when they got rid of it like everybody in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles like man this is terrible this has been going on for so long like this hey, don't whisper to, so much bro I'm sorry this is terrible this has been going on for so long this needs to you know change obviously and uh, so then they cool fact the mark of Cain was meant to actually be a protection for those people oh you're not supposed to kill them yeah, it's not not so much as like a punishment. I mean, to an extent, a punishment, but it's also like the fact that people people misread that in a in, right. in a way. So, um, okay, Lucas, I'm on my last three points here. Oh my <laughs> last God. three. Oh, actually, wait. Sorry, sorry. I need to cross off no witnesses because we addressed that. Um, Mormon. No, sorry, Joseph Smith. <laughs> Joseph Smith. Uh, when he translated wrote in extra verses into the book um, that weren't in the original translation. Like, he translated in um, verses that just simply weren't... Because he translated the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. So he... he trans- yeah. So translation, again, not really the greatest word to use, but, you know, how we describe it. Uh, yeah, so he read through the Bible and he kind of gave either commentary or um, gave better interpretations or clarifications and so yeah that's known as the inspired version by some or the joseph smith translation of the bible um but yes yes that's, that's yeah you, there was a joseph smith translation of the bible and not translation out he just corrected you. okay not well, no you what, can use the translation whatever you want to call it it's called the inspired version it's a translation yeah yeah we use we typically say that and joseph what people say is very interesting okay. is that there's some very convenient paragraphs that speak to the validity of Mormonism and the beliefs that Joseph Smith had and when you go back and you look it's like oh there's no Genesis 46 I'm just making that number up but it's just like there's no there's no verse here that says that these Mormon beliefs like this is just something that he just wrote in afterwards right yeah so the um, so the again right not a translation in the sense that we would think of it but this is how we describe it um, very similarly, it's just inspiration that he got. And it's, you know, it connects with um, either the narrative or the history or the prophecies that are uh, within that particular place of the Bible. And so um, that's just what was revealed to him as uh, what to, to add in. There. I, I understand how you're choosing to interpret that. Like, he was then inspired to add his own stuff. But to me, that's just like, that's just like not... I mean, that's indicative of someone who's just writing stuff in. Like, you're not supposed... Like, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about nine in the Bible, if you're going to add your own scripture, sure. But he was literally just making stuff up. I mean, again, I understand that your interpretation is, like, it was inspired. But it's very weird to just be like, oh, at the end of this book, which talks nothing about these things, there actually was supposed to be this completely new stuff that is very different from what the rest of the book says. Mm-hmm. Um, that supports my point and for some reason it was here and for some reason we didn't originally have it here even though we were supposed to already have like an ordained complete word of God here and apparently it wasn't complete until I came along yeah yeah this is true I'm back on the fence now yeah so you know our typical the typical response that is well okay when people are translating things things are lost when people are you know going through 
the the canon of scripture you say oh well this is going to be very useful for me to stay in power so you know better you know, get rid of that um, so I think likely that's part of that is what was going on um, and so it's restoring what was actually already there um, so that's that is the typical um, um, belief as to why some of those more substantive changes were made mm-hmm. um, substantive additions is that well actually it was already there um, but it was taken away uh, but yeah, it, that is a valid criticism. It's okay. It's really weird that you would just add this thing that really just kind of just vindicates you on every count, you know. Um, but again, I mean, either it is true or it is not. Either Joseph Smith is a true prophet or he is not. And so, I mean, that's that's really the question that you have to grapple with: is is he a true prophet? If he is, then obviously these changes are probably pretty good, and they would indicate true things. And if he's not, then well, okay, just yeah, discount it. I mean that, that really is what the uh, all most of these come down to is is he a true prophet or not? Yeah. But and your thoughts on that particular point? Oh yes, he is absolutely a true prophet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I just want to make it clear for the listeners. Yes, yes. yes. Um. All right. You're done. No. Is okay. One you have one more. Or two more. I have one more. Okay, go for it. I have two more. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Um. Do you actually have more? Yeah, I guess just got two quick questions. Okay. You you go first. This one's um, going to be the most powerful one at the end. Okay. Is it true women cannot enter, enter the kingdom of heaven until they're married? Or is that something... Uh, define the kingdom of heaven. So, the kingdom of heaven being, um, like, exaltation, like, living like God, um, nobody can. Okay. You, you, so, you are saved by Jesus Christ in the sense that you are resurrected, Everybody is saved, okay? And then to be able to live like God and live with God, you have to partake of all the covenants and ordinances, which includes the highest covenant, the highest ordinance being uh, marriage. And so you have to be married. So it doesn't matter if you're a man, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, you have to be married to uh, live like God. Because we believe that. What does that say about people who die young? Well, see, uh, they don't have the opportunity to get married. After get married in heaven. Yeah. I mean, God is or the ultimate authority of of marriage. He married Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So but he more be able to do that. But Whoa. but yes. <laughs> Let's hope there's an exactly even the amount of men and women at the end, or one guy might just be left holding the bag. That's gonna be me. That's gonna be you. Um. Okay. Uh. Cool. Uh. My final point here. Is on Stop looking at me. God, Smash is going to make me get a crush on him. <laughs> I already have a crush on him. Uh, <laughs> all the ridiculous mumbo jumbo. That's my final. Just all of it. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Everything. That's what I wrote down here, the ridiculous mumbo jumbo. So, um, I'm just going to I'm just gonna give my, uh, and I'm pretty sure that this is pretty accurate, although I do understand a lot of this. You're going to say, we don't really know that, kind of like what we were talking about with the terrestrial and right. celestial kingdoms, yes. but this is like pretty much the standard, I mean all these things are like, that's this is yeah. the Mormon's interpretation that I'm about to say. So, um, our God was originally man, <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going, our God was originally a man um, who was then Based. exalted to the position 
of becoming a god. Um, there is also, although this is very, there's very little talk surrounding this. I think it's pretty well established that this is true, but that we don't know anything about it is how every Mormon that I've talked to before has said this to me. But there is a wife of God, and like they believe that to be true, but we don't know anything about that, and they don't really talk about it at all. Um, so there's a wife of God, and the reason that God became a man was because there was a God before him who exalted our God from man to God, and the people who are then going to those people who are living in the kingdoms of heaven um, will then in turn also be exalted to godhood status, assuming that they didn't turn to the shadow plane. Um, and That's, we should use that. You should. I like that. The line. shadow plane is pretty cool. Um, and so it is this continuous cycle of creation of God, and then he's God, he rules all of his uh, subjects, um, although maybe that's not a great word, um, maybe that's not great phrasing, but, um, and then he exalts each of those people, and so it's like this huge hierarchy where it's just like, a, it's like a tree, or maybe more like roots, I guess, where they're just continuously becoming more and more gods. Uh, but they're not really on the same plane. Like, you don't become greater than the God before you, right? And so you're continuously just making more and more gods. And, like, to me, the this is too much of a theological discussion to really, for you to address. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. This is a huge... This huge is like question. a... This is a massive... Like, there's so... There's... To me, I'm just going to, like, very simply say that there's, like, so many contradictions... There's so many theological fallacies that exist when you say, one, there's two gods, there's wife God and male God. Like, if for God to have meaning, God is all-encompassing. It doesn't make sense for an all-encompassing God to be sharing that position in some sort of hierarchy of, of two gods, nor does it make sense for there to be an all-encompassing God who is then subject to a God above him, who is subject to a God above him. Like, there's so many fallacies I think that that is, to me, just, like, at the end of the day, that's why I don't think I would ever, like, you have to, you, have, you as the listener is going to have to, like, really, like, think each of these little, each of these little arguments out, but to me, that's just, like, it doesn't, that's not how anything works, and then the, and the second part to that is also, it's weird that there's all these things that Jesus never talked about, because Jesus is at the center of the Christian religion, He's at the center of the Mormon religion as well. Um, and so it's so weird for there to be all this, and not just the God stuff, but like everything else that we've talked about today. Um, for Jesus to be the Son of God coming here to send the Word of God. Like Jesus talks about everything that's in the Old Testament. He talks about very specific things that will happen in the future. And everything that is in the Mormon religion is completely neglected by Jesus, even though these are things that are in incredibly central to the idea of Christianity as a whole. Like if Jesus is the one true prophet, the son of God who has come here to give us the good message, it doesn't make any sense for him to leave out these huge pieces of like, like just the, 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 the different kingdoms, all that stuff. Like that is, to me, that just doesn't make sense. And to me, the, all the arguments surrounding those points, like I was saying with there being multiple gods and this weird, like cyclical, like, uh, for lack of a better term, like uh, re re reproduction sure. of, of gods. Um, Wait, so how do you establish godhood in Mormonism? 
Uh, How does a person become like a god? Uh, you live like God. So that includes uh, performing ordinances and um, making covenants with God. It's, a, it's living like God, essentially. It's a, there's a so lot you can get your own universe. Uh, you will. In theory, yes. The, pretty much the vast majority of us will get our own universes yes. and will become gods ourselves. If you become God, If you become like God, then yes. And so, I mean, I don't really know if you really want to tackle that, to be honest. Like, it's really too broad and too, like, massive of something to really... I mean, you have to talk, yeah. like, big theological arguments here. Yeah. So, I, I don't really expect you to have a comeback. I don't so, think... I'll, I'll touch pretty lightly on uh, on each of those points. Um, so, with the first thing, um, so that, that comes from a couplet that uh, one of uh, these, the fifth prophet, Lorenzo Snow, said. Uh, he says, as God now is... Oh, sorry. As man now is... God once was, as God now is, man may be. So that's that's where we get that that idea. Of, uh, so, in his that, name was Lorenzo. Lorenzo Snow. Yes, that's awesome. Yes. So he Swing me back to Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, become a Mormon if you want sandbox mode. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm teetering towards Mormon. I want to be. I want to be in sandbox mode. So we don't. T- so we talk m- more frequently about the yes, as God now is, man. Um, we talk about that a lot more because, you know, we just we have historically talked about that before he said that. Um, and the first part of that couplet, uh, as man now is, God once was, um, there's been very little discussion on what exactly that means. So some people have speculated, oh, well, that means uh, God was a man and he had his own God and, uh, you know, he was once a man and he had his own God. And, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, it makes sense that it would be, but it's... We don't know how that works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. So that in that particular vein, yeah, okay, we don't know. <laughs> we just, you know we, yeah. We're not clear on it. We don't know. Um, so there's that. Um, in regard to what you're saying about uh, all these things that we have in, in our faith um, that Christ didn't really talk about, um, there's no, as I view it, so, I believe that Christ, the resurrected Christ, Christ our Savior, is alive and he is leading his church through his prophet. Right? That's what I believe. And that's what members of the church believe. Um, and so, I mean, anything that, you know, any official doctrine of the church is, in fact, um, you know, it's Christ's doctrine because it's his church. Right? It's in the name of the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right? Um, and, you know, okay, yeah, it's not in the Gospels, yeah, it's not in the New Testament, it's not in the Old Testament. Okay. We don't claim that the Bible is everything that you need to know about salvation, everything you need to know about doctrine and theology. And, I mean, certainly, I mean, a lot of Christians do believe that, but we just don't believe that. Obviously, that's true, because we believe in, you know, the Book of Mormon and other books of Scripture. And so, I mean, that's part of it. And yeah, it seems like kind of a cop-out, but, I mean, again, if, uh, if it's true, then it is just true. If Christ is leading his church, if he truly is leading his church, then, uh, yeah, okay, then the scriptures of the church are just true, and the doctrine of the church is true. The covenants and ordinances are true. Again, I mean, yeah, it doesn't necessarily respond directly to it. Right. Um, I'm going to give you the last word. I just wanted to say, like... Yeah. I mean, it's not just that, like, the Bible is not necessarily meant to be fully complete in the sense that there is, like, a lot of room for your interpretation. 
like you're meant to interpret things and and try to like figure some stuff out on your own but to me it's just like such a massive oversight like it's not like it's not like this is what you it's not about like there being like a small lack of interpretation here we don't have specific you know like well we, he doesn't ever reference like abortion in the bible directly so they're still like how do we say this or this it's like no there is nothing like there's like very huge poignant points that did I use poignant correctly in that sentence, Lucas? Lucas is the yes. going with it. Thank you. Um, but that like uh, like it, it's not just like a matter of like interpreting some small thing where you're like right. okay I can look at the Bible and I can say okay abortion's wrong for this reason or maybe I want to interpret it. No, it's like no, there's it's vast amounts of, of of very important central theology here that are completely missing. If there if if Mormon was going to become this prophet, Jesus would have referenced either Mormon. Or he at least would have talked about these like the grand, right. like overarching ideas like this this multiple kingdoms, this multiple stuff like that. Those are things that should not be missing mm-hmm. from like Jesus's uh, what, what, what gospel. Right. Um, and so and 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 just the like the other thing to me is just uh, there's a level of pride here that we talk about in the Bible. There's many. I mean, the Bible is pretty much every page is like. Do not liken yourself to God. Do not try to compare yourself. Do not pretend to be in any way, you know. So to me, this this theology is is like, and I, this is my opinion, but I think like it's prideful to be putting yourself in this kind of position where you're like, oh, God isn't like all great. Like there was a God, but like he's all great now, but he was just a man before he sinned as a man, presumably, because it's like cyclical, right? I mean, unless he was like Christ. I'm not right, but to my understanding, like it's not just Christ that's going to be getting his own universe. It's going to be all yeah. like many of us, right? Well, so to some extent, that that is one belief is that some people within the church believe, oh yeah, God was like man in the sense that he was like Christ, and Christ, mm-hmm. you know, he says that I have only done what I've seen the Father do, mm-hmm. and so some people believe like, oh well, God was just like the Christ of right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just, right, to me, yeah, like, yeah, to my opinion, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's against, this kind of theology is against what we see in the Old and the New Testament, mm-hmm. and I mean, the listeners out there will have to read them to them, read those books for themselves to like kind of decide, but I think it comes from like a position of pride, and yeah. I respect that you don't think that, but. So, yeah, so, just to respond, and, uh, you know, get my, my final thoughts, um, for one, I would say that just about everything that is, in fact, central to the theology and uh, the faith of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is found within the Bible. Almost everything. Now, right. it's not explicit. <laughs> it's not. It's not explicit. But um, I, I. I mean, when I was reading the Bible a couple years ago, I read through it and I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Like, yeah, okay, that's a reference to the kingdom of the um, things that you wouldn't expect, you know, but if you're looking for it, yeah, okay, you can find it. And that's, that's the case with a lot of things. If you're looking for something, you'll find it. But I do genuinely believe that a huge number of things that are central to our theology are found in the Bible, um, that aren't part of other Christian theologies. Um, uh, that, you know, comes to the necessity of our other books of scripture. Yeah, some of those things are only found in other books of scripture, and we believe that for a reason. Um, to the question of pride, I think that is a, an incredibly reasonable thing uh, to, to have a qualm about um, 
because certainly pride is the greatest of all sins. Um, although, I will say, there are a lot of things within our uh, theology and our doctrine that, you know, we, we say is our doctrine, but we don't, know, we don't understand anything about it. We don't know why it's true. We don't, we don't know how uh, these things come to be. Um, and that, in fact, that's true in very secular things as well. Um, you know, you take certain uh, philosophical and mathematical claims, you can prove that certain things are true without knowing how to prove them. You can show that certain things cannot be proven, but they may or may not be true. And so, yeah, there's certainly things that we don't know and we cannot know. Um, and to me, that shows evidence that, I mean, not necessarily that, you know, well, my religion is true, but it shows evidence that there are an unbelievable number of things that are, are completely beyond the human comprehension. And although the, our theology does kind of make it sound like, oh yeah, we have it all figured out. And yeah, sometimes you can feel that way, but it's certainly not true that we, we have <laughs> this, this uh, journey of the human soul figured out. We don't, we don't know how it goes. Um, and so I, th I think the lack of knowledge, it, it all goes back to faith. You were saying the, the importance of faith in this life. That really truly is uh, you know, the first principle of Christ's gospel is that yeah, faith is, is where everything starts. And so um, I think I'll just leave it at that. Is that you, know, you, you can pray to God, you can ask him if things are true, and he will answer you. Thus concluded. Wait, did you have another question? Uh, no. Okay, Spencer, well, where are you ending up? Huh? Where are you ending up? You're cute. <laughs> Someone go Mormon. Mm, okay. Well, we got a cover. strong reasoning. I, uh, yeah. I say I'm, I'm, still, I'm still on the fence. Because uh, I'm allowed to be on the fence forever, including up to <laughs> a thousand years after yeah. I die. So we will hedge our bets. I uh, hedge my bets. Jacob, you've been in the hot seat and you did a, a very good job. You were fairly well educated, and I think you did a, a good job of addressing each yeah, of the points. Yeah, so, um, uh, well done, well done. Thank you, thank you. A very warm hand. I appreciate that. All right, we finished the first half. Now jumping into the second half of podcast. Morgan Crow. The oh, part that I'm not going to Morgan Speedrun. No, Adam, you Oh, you're going to play the entire Mor Morgan Speedrun? We're playing the entire Morgan Speedrun. Look, look, look. It's three hours long. No, okay, you have to say. Look, <laughs> it's not, we're not going to do this. We're at now. two hours 40? All right. We're at an hour 40. No, I'm. We're no, at an no, hour 40? It says it two hours. At one 40. Hour. I don't know why. It starts at one hour. Look, All right, well. Listen, that's <laughs> no, my time. Adam, no, you got to sit down. We're not, we're not. I, I just have some things that I have to say before. We're, we're not going to do a whole another hour 40. But. Why did I have some points? Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> anyway, look. No, I'm about to. I'm about to leave, guys. No, listeners, leave. I'm doing some very important things. That's true. Um, I'm printing little lizard miniatures, and uh, Adam is LARPing. Well, um, listen. Okay, so <laughs> I saw this YouTube short the other day. <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. That's my cue. And, and it's uh, it's Andrew Tate. Go on. Talking to a guy. Um, oh, did you? 
Keep going. <laughs> but I have something after that. <laughs> he's just like, he's like. Oh wait, wait, wait. Right, sorry. Is <laughs> 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 just like, I'm autistic. Uh, and I guess Andrew's talking to him, he's like, I'm autistic. And uh, he's like, oh, you're autistic. And he's like, first of all, this guy is like super normal. Like the other guy he's talking to is like super normal. Like a very normal, Adam, you're turning me on. The other guy he's talking to is like a super normal guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm autistic. Like I have Asperger's. And he's like, well, how do you know that? Like one of the symptoms. He's like, well, when other people talk about stuff, I just... I'm not really invested. I don't really care. And, like, I, it's, it's hard for me to, like, understand why it's important to them. And I don't really care about it unless I was there. Sounds like he should And Andrew Tate's like, gee! <laughs> like, um, and then, like, somebody in the comment... I, I, I'm getting, like, mad about YouTube comments. But somebody in the comments was saying, like, like, like well... Uh, Andrew Tate's just an asshole. Like, he just doesn't care about other people. This guy actually has, like, a reason. You know, like, he has Asperger's, right? And so a few things I want to say about this. Number one, saying you have Asperger's or you're autistic or any of these things that exist on a quote-unquote spectrum is, like, no. Like, you can't say that. Like, if you're normal. Like, if you're somebody who's, like, I can tell you're autistic. Like, I've met people where I'm like, okay, this guy's autistic. But you know that within, like, five minutes of meeting them at maximum. But if it's yeah. like a normal dude who's clearly normal, yeah, you can't use that. I'm sorry. You just have to accept that you're normal and maybe you just care a little less about certain things than most people do, you know, that you're just a unique person. Anyway, and then somebody said like, you know, well, he, Andrew Tate doesn't have a reason. It's like, in, in this scenario, Andrew Tate is at least the only one being honest because the other mm-hmm. person just like made up a clinical excuse that basically allows them to never be invested in anybody else forever which is like it's fair you know it's a good excuse yeah it's really good but it's like i I just hate it's like like you're normal like we know what normal is and there's just it's like everything has to be what's normal thank you normal is you jacob normal is not the people on western washington campus that's 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 not normal Lucas. That's my point. What? Have you heard the big Tate Brothers news? That no. I believe is breaking? No. They were both arrested for human trafficking. Today. Actually? Yeah. Today? Mm-hmm. Wait, no. that's fucked. I didn't know that. Tate, like, no, the uh, Andrew Tate and Andrew his brother? Andrew. Yep. Well, alright, I'm still on side. <laughs> Obviously, it's a setup. Human trafficking. Oh, wow. Abducting two girls and human trafficking wow. investigation. Well, you know, could the girls- be a takedown. What were they wearing? What were the girls wearing? Thank you. I, I don't know. Oh my <laughs> gosh. They might have... They might have they asked for it. For it. <laughs> exactly. It would be my question. Jeez. Yeah. Our hero. Just kidding. I mean, I really hate Andrew Tate because he's annoying, but... He is pretty he annoying. That's true, yeah. I hate his <laughs> I really fucking voice. Like I mean, it's face. just his voice and his face and his general appearance, but... Yes. Yeah. At yeah. least he makes the people mad that I hate, so that's... <laughs> that's my take. For that, we're praying for you, buddy. Yeah, gonna I know you're gonna beat this case. <laughs> you're gonna beat the case. I, I he has to. There's no way he doesn't. Um, yeah. So, you think this is a Greta Thunberg takedown? She planted all the evidence for human trafficking. She, she planted him. all the just Greta yeah. Thunberg. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think it's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but like all the spectrum stuff, like right, sexuality being a spectrum, uh, um, autism being a spectrum. It's like. Or sex being a spectrum, it's like, it's not. Like, we know 
Like, we know when you're autistic. Yeah, we know I'm, when you're I'm normal. pretty skeptical about that. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like, everything that is presented to us as a spectrum, I'm like, it's not really a spectrum. It's, you're, you are or you're not. That's, that's my, that's my take. Um, so do you guys know who, uh, fucking, I, I'm, I'm assuming you do, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is... Spencer always know, already knows why I hate Neil deGrasse Tyson. Well, who doesn't? Because it's impossible to not hate this man. You know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? But, yes, of course. He's like this 16-foot-tall... <laughs> uh, freak of nature. Freak He's got of a nature. tail, pointed teeth. Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know who he is. <laughs> his eyes are... His pupils are like a goat's. Yeah, okay, so... He, he was on the Joe Rogan Experience. Right. And I listened to it because... Bitches. How long ago was this? Is this recently or is this real? This was on November 30th. Okay, okay. A month ago. I just dated this podcast. Fuck, I'm not going to release this for another two months. That's okay. <laughs> um, he made a series of predictions at the end of the podcast about the future. And he started out by saying like, well, you know, people are always wrong about the predictions of the future. And then he proceeds to give a series of incredibly wrong predictions about the future. And I just thought it was so funny. Know? It, like, I'll go over them. Like, this is, like, how you'll know. Because it's, like, he was talking before about, like, human nature. Like, okay. like, uh, like people identifying as, you know, non-binary. Or whatever, all these yeah. things. And he's, like, making, are building a defense for it. Sure. And then he makes all these predictions that just show how clearly he does not understand human nature. Which I just thought was nice. so funny. Um, and so I, I just want to go over some of those to like because it's like if if you're thinking hmm is this guy right like should I agree with this guy, like maybe this guy's right maybe this guy's got some good ideas and then he just proceeds to lay out a set of completely absurd like one of them is uh, I predict over the next fifty years that our understanding of neuroscience will get so advanced that all Gosh. therapists will go out of business all and it's like. What are you talking about? Like, it's the exact opposite. Like, therapy is, like, the only increasing yeah. and massively increasing business over this with you. Like, like, that just shows you how, like, completely absurd this guy's conception how, of human nature is. How good does he think yeah, we're I, going to get at neuroscience? Yeah, there's no way we're going to get that good. Even if... 50 years? Exactly. Yeah, even if we got to a level of understanding neuroscience that level... Yeah, 50 years? No way. Are you kidding me? We don't know anything about the brain right now. What? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, like, we, we know so little about the brain right now, and he's like, all, all, yeah. all mental illnesses are going to be eradicated in the next 50 years. And I was like, dude, we're literally inventing, like, 100 new yeah. ones every yeah. day right now, yeah, and exactly. you're vouching for them. Like, yeah. that's how stupid your interpretation of human nature is. Like, so, we just, they just debunked the, uh, the depression theory, the, yes. uh, the neuro, what, what is it called? The, the chemical imbalance theory yes. of uh, for depression. It's like what? really, really, yeah, yeah. This was like um, there was like a huge macro months. study over all the studies of the last twenty years that was basically showing that chemical imbalance is uh, absurd. Like it's not necessarily that it's not at all that, but it's like no proof has ever been indicated towards that actually right. being the case. Right. That chemical imbalance is a cause of depression in the brain. Right. Yeah. It's there's no evidence that it's a cause of depression. Right. Um. So I thought that was interesting because especially when you hear these people who say, oh, well, depression runs in my family as uh, like a genetic thing, because there was somebody in my work who used to say this to me and it's like, okay, maybe depression runs your family, but let's macro this and take a look at human nature. Maybe you found something that justifies your, yeah. your depressive shitty cycles behavior. and yeah, or, shitty behavior and all that. Or at the very least, if it runs in your family, it's not because it's like a 
a genetic thing. Exactly. It's, right. it's that, oh yeah, you're just, the people you're around you're are just depressed. depressed people. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the thing you notice with people who have uh, fat, depressed friends. Mm-hmm. That's my other take. Like, I, I know people who have fat, depressed friends, and it's like, you don't even see how bad this is for you. Like, right. hanging out with a fat, depressed person on, like, a daily basis, it's like, you might think you're, like, well-adjusted, but, like, this is doing you psychological right. harm to be around yeah. this person, and to think of them as, like, I don't know, an intellectual equal. equal. Exactly. Right. Um, also, I said this to Adam, this is a separate tangent, but... I think that trans people only enter the human experience once they become trans. I'm pro-trans now. I'm pro-transition because, um, well, okay, so he's really like, don't know if you're being serious. Like, no, I mean, listen, well, I'm kind of jesting, but it, it, like a person who is, like, think about a person who would say they're transgender, right? Somebody who's repeatedly stuck in depressive cycles. Sure. I was thinking about this specifically with, uh, you know that Vine where guys like, looking at the image of the guy tucking his feet into his blanket and he goes ah, I do that oh yeah <laughs> but that guy's that guy's trans now and it's like oh, oh, and it's man. like like in that video he's like very low confidence like very kind of like freakishly low yeah like weird but then like now it's like he posts all these glamorous photos <laughs> I had a look oh, so it's like man. but now he like posts all these glamorous photos of like how wonderful life is how much he loves life and I was thinking like Okay, why, why? But like, this isn't like a single. This is like an anecdote, and people say that uh, anecdotes aren't statistics; they shouldn't be confused. But it's like it, it's but actually the exact opposite. The like, plural of anecdote is data. First of yeah. all, that. But second of all, it's just like, dude, like anecdotes are the only things you can form opinions on. So yeah, people just want right. you to dis- distrust your intuition. Like that's right. the biggest your goal. Personal of, experience. The biggest right. goal of our elite is to crush intuition because it right. knows that intuition is our closest. Uh, uh, um, relation to the spirit. Right, yeah. The I conscious. Think that's exactly true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so on this level, like like a person who's, who wants to be trans, they would say, well, there's clearly something wrong in my life. Before they think they're wanting to be trans. Right. There's clearly something wrong in my life. There's something unfair about the universe. And, like, like this world sucks. Maybe this God is cruel. You know, there's just all these thoughts surrounding the unfairness of that situation. But then, once they transition, then it totally shifts because now every single kind of bad thing they go through, oh, this is just part of the pain of transition. Like, well, we knew there was going to be troubles with transition. So now they've taken what is supposed to be the constant suffering of life and forced it into a framework of, well, no, this is just kind of some of the suffering and pain you have to go through with your transition. So now mm-hmm. they have an angle to look at that from. I guess this is more just explaining why it's a phenomenon, like because yeah, this is right. the religious calling of man. But also... Yes. Then <laughs> to become women, to become women, we all have to become women. But then also, there's there's the double incentive because it's like, well, now you have unwittingly or wittingly become a spokesperson for your ideology as living your life this right. way. Yeah, so it's like true. you have to show that it's glamorous, it's attractive, and you're happy. Right. And so, and people who like detransition. They're attacked by anybody who is trans. Like, how are you? Why are you doing this? It's like, um, because it's bad. Like, like right. this is terrible. Like, why are you telling people that? Uh, because they shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. What? Yeah. Yeah. And, but but then like, but when you are, I mean, typically people don't want to do transition because they're already ideologically locked in. Right. But yeah. then when you become ideologically locked in, it's also like, well, you have so much to show for it being a correct way of thinking. That like right. normally what it what it what a normal person does is. They show the world their b- better side, right? right yeah. 
you know, they, they want to be happy in front yeah. of their friends and peers and they want to show a positive nature. And so then once a trans person becomes trans, they start doing that because it's part of the incentive. Right. So it's now they actually do start being happier yeah, because exactly. they have to be happier. Yeah. yeah so now it's yeah, like yeah. they have finally entered into the human experience and come out yeah. of the, the fake fog, fake right. experience that they were living in before where they were like, I'm depressed. Everything sucks. Right. So, yeah, that's my thought. I'm pro-transition now. I think everybody should needs to be trans. <laughs> Every single person. Every single person. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's the future of the nation. Jacob's going to be the last non-trans person. Yeah, that's you're going to be the last straight white male. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just... It's, it's funny because... It's true. I don't know where I was going with that. Look, okay. The, the next... The next I think it's a great thing to end on. That's, that's <laughs> the next predi- prediction was... Uh, that Neil deGrasse Tyson made was that, oh, humans will resist the biological integration of technology, which, what? What? So he was talking specifically Neuralink, stuff like that. Okay, right, right. right. Like, he's, he was saying, well. So people kind of not want that. Right. Okay, yeah, I agree. I mean, so <laughs> it, it's, it's tough to, to, to sense because he, he's saying like, well, no, like, or our technology is going to get even faster. You know, you're going to be wearing Google glasses. And you're going to have sure. all your t- technology at, at an instant. So we're going to resist ever wanting to technologically merge with uh, like Neuralink stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like people are going to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and eventually, it's going to get to a point where people are going to do that. And you're going to have to do that. I already, I saw, I saw a video of someone who had implanted a key into their uh, wrist so that they could open things around their house. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There people are, are fucking are, yeah, getting the Apple Pay and Cyberware. Yeah, that's true. People yeah. are already doing that. And yeah. Was he saying that like as like a bad be, thing? Like it'll be resisted be... like on mass, or just like everybody? Will he doesn't it. make it clear. Okay. Because um, I, I hope it'll be resisted on mass, but it's like obviously people are gonna do it, and I, I, I it's just uh, all this pie in the sky stuff. I'm trying to remember the next one he said. It was just so funny. He made this series of. God, I wish I prepared for this podcast. He made this series of things like at the end of the thing where he was like, this is, these are all things that are going to happen. And he's also making fun of the fact that people get so many things wrong (laughs) in future predictions. It's like, you're getting so many things wrong. And you're wrong now. You're you're already wrong. I know. You're already wrong. And it especially points to people who are smart at one thing, Mm -hmm. being autistic. Uh, Like, dude, like he is like, autistic <laughs> like he is one of those not normal people like he's here I have a conversation with Joe the whole time and Joe's like talking like a normal person and he's yeah. like impossible to conversate with yeah um and it's like that'd be really frustrating but you come to it in like a lot of fe- like I know like if you have friends who are comp sci <laughs> you know <laughs> yes well there's like certain people who are like very autistic or they don't understand things in human ways right and it's like like I, th- that used to just be a quirk like, it used to be like, yeah. oh, you know how engineers are. You know how comp sci people are. But now it's like... It's actually true. It, well, now it's just like well, you have to have a clinical term for it. Right, right. God, I had one more thing to say about trans thing. Mm. I'm trying to remember. Jacob, are you going to be trans? No. Jacob, why? <laughs> <laughs> you will be when the state mandates it. Don't worry. <laughs> We're all going to be mocha. When the state mandates it, yeah, probably. Or I'll just, like, die. I'm going to be yeah. chasing you around with estrogen shots, Jacob. <laughs> It's going to be you. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, me. I'm signing great. up for it now. That's why they're putting so much microplastics in our food. It's like right. a subtle way of increasing our estrogen levels. And the seed oils. 
Well, um, yeah, twenty percent decrease in testosterone since two thousand. Yeah, sperm counts just going lower and lower. It's terrible. Do you think that has anything to do with uh, women on it, on birth control pills p- pissing it into the water supply yes. all the time? Yes. See, I don't. I haven't looked at that. I've seen the statistics talking about like one hundred percent decrease since like what nineteen twenty or something, of or not like one hundred percent, but like. In the sense of, like, uh, it's halved. Right, um, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> AKA 50%. <laughs> AKA 50%. No, I'm saying it wrong. But um, but I've read the statistics where they're talking about that stuff, and I haven't done any research into the uh, into the studies. But to me, and maybe the, maybe, oh, maybe the research doesn't say this, but I know that testosterone is pretty tightly linked to uh, obesity. Like, people who are obese have massively reduced testosterone levels so my intuition a little bit is just like maybe it's not necessarily microplastics and like being on like like corn or like like maybe it's not necessarily like um specifically just one of those things is that what you're saying well i'm saying like maybe that's like that that seems to yeah i mean like because everyone has their theory like they're like the reason the reason we have so low testosterone now is microplastics in the food or it's like, well, the reason we have low testosterone is because everyone's watching porn and so our brain is releasing less testosterone or whatever it is. But to me, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like a valid interpretation would be, I mean, because it's it's like massively linked. Like your testosterone levels is incredibly linked to like your obesity levels. And we are just about as fat as uh, can be. So I feel like that has a pretty big part. Maybe that's like a big, like, I and the reason I'm saying that is because for me, I was like feeling like a little bit worried because I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet my T levels are low, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm like thinking about like us, like damn, our testosterone. Because when Lucas says like testosterone down twenty percent in the last twenty years, then it's like, oh, your testosterone and your testosterone is down twenty percent. But maybe it's like maybe our testosterone the levels are pretty gets. normal, and it's just like other people's levels are just right. down drastically because they're fat. But I don't, I don't, like I said, I haven't looked into any of the research, so maybe that's not, maybe that's a poor interpretation. That could, that could very well be accurate. I mean, yeah, like, the, the, the obesity has gone, like, insane yeah. off the charts. I should look well, into that. But if you're saying, if it's been happening since, like, the 1920s, then, because we didn't really get start getting fat until, like, more recently than that. Yeah. But. Uh, well, I think part of it, I mean, I, I think at, part of it is actually our diets. I mean, obviously people are fat because of their diets, right? Right. But we are still eating a lot of the things that fat people still eat. So I, I think part of it is actually linked to certain things that our humans are now eating that we didn't eat, you know, prior to. Yeah, if that's true, I'm fucked. I think it's I definitely like, partially I... true, but I think probably just linked linked to obesity was probably another huge factor. Yeah, um, well, if that's true, then I'm screwed because all I eat is craft. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked, buddy. You live in no. a food desert. <laughs> well, yeah, like my roommate, he's like jacked as fuck, benches three hundred, and all he eats is taquitos from Costco. I'm like, dude. How is it possible? Yeah, <laughs> um, that's awesome. We gotta start eating taquitos. Yeah, so. No, but the the last point I was gonna say on the other thing was like, like on on trans people trying to be happy because they're mm-hmm. they have to right? show. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I think they're like as happy and sad as most people. Like, you know, because uh, there's no the suicide statistics might not reflect that. No, I mean, true. They're probably a lot sadder, but. Like, what my point is, is, like, when you get down to, like, brass tacks, when you find these people's tweets or the things they really talk about or when they're being, like, open conversation with one another, right. they will talk about all their struggles with depression, all their struggles with, like, how hard life is. And, like, they're, like, late night tweets about, like, 
uh, I'm fucking, I can't do this. And like, yeah. how depressed they are, medications are on, things like that. Right. And it's so funny because I just think about like, uh, I don't know if it's funny. <laughs> I was watching Nelk Boys podcast with Ben Shapiro. You guys know who the Nelk Boys are? No, no. They're like these total like retard jock like boys. Like they literally can't even understand what Ben Shapiro saying. It's ben Shapiro so went on their show. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's so funny. But they're like they don't even say anything, which is good because they're like oh, that's good. actually brave. They like, have no idea what to do. They're say. they're like struggling to survive. It's like when when like uh, those worms like react to impulse. Like they don't even. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh what they are. but but it was just so funny because um, because it's like people react respond to this and saying like you know. Oh, he's he's not like don't listen to this guy's life advice because he was giving a lot of life advice throughout that one. Ventura. Or yeah, okay. And they say don't listen to this guy's life advice. Like this is terrible for this reason, this reason. These things he's doing are terrible for this reason, this reason. And I was inspired by a recent conversation with a friend who was also telling me some things to do amid saying he's like depressed out of his yeah, mind. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> you expect me to take you who says all the time that you're depressed out of your mind. Right. And on several cat, like different kinds of medication, you want me to not listen to this guy who's clearly like a happy, well-adjusted yeah, guy. Yeah, is a, he's like, married, he has kids, he's very happy, yeah. he's very successful. It's like, you have very little authority on the subject yeah. of what I should be doing to attain fulfillment. And that's just what I thought was super funny. I just found a transcripted version of his predictions, and I can go through them. Yeah, yeah very good. Um, you want to go through them? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll eventually. Uh, okay, so, yeah. It a shift... That echoes the rapid conversation, uh, rapid conversion rather, from horses to automobiles in the early 20th century. Self-driving electric vehicles will fully replace all cars and trucks on the road. Okay. Incorrect. Yeah, totally incorrect. You, oh, in, in you've what seen amount the of PGL? Time? You've seen PGL? Sam no. talk about this? I haven't. He talks about his really salient point where he's saying everybody can do lane assist. Right. That's yeah. not hard to do. Right. Yeah, that's super good. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but... Super easy, yeah. He's saying... His, Sam's point was to collect that 100% of all the knowledge of how to program a self-drivable car. You might be able to... He said you can get to 95 with hard work, mm-hmm. but that last 5% is so exponentially harder to right. find out and right. learn right. that it might as well be impossible. Right, like yeah. just and 5% is not a good enough uh, uh, margin of error for yeah. people's lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 not, I don't yeah. even think it's 95, I think it's maybe 70. Yeah, right. I mean, what? So, did he say all cars? Yeah, all cars. So, that's that's crazy. Did but, he give a time? But, frame? yeah, so okay. this is next 50 years. So, but oh, everything, <laughs> everything is next 50 years. Yeah, yeah okay. this is all next 50 years. Oh, okay, so, so the thing that was like, like. Dude, think about first India. Per- yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Seriously. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was yeah, the literally first thing. anywhere outside the United States. <laughs> that was the first thing I was gonna say. It's India. Like, but great point. But, but, but um, also, when we talk about like those five percent of things, like yeah. the the self driving car incident in Minnesota a few years ago, where a car, broad fucking daylight on self driving mode, just rams into a yeah. lady walking across the street, yeah. Yeah. and 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 people say, oh well, like, listen, like all, all of these self driving cars are going to go through smaller amounts of accidents than human driven cars. Wait, now, that's genius because then there's well, no one for them to sue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Tesla. Oh. But no, but yeah. but listen, like the, the, the funny thing is like, it's like, maybe it's true. Like, like I doubt that it's true. You know, like you said. Yeah. But I, I very much doubt that it's true that it will lead to lower number of of, of crashes. But even if it is true, the, the, the crashes that are happening no are going to be... No person would commit 
No, exactly. Yeah. They're right. going to be so senseless, so random, that it's like, right. if you're going 90 on a road, like fucking Paul Walker style, it's like, you have some idea, or like uh, Kaylee, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're, you're going to have some, sorry, <laughs> you're going to have some idea of the, the extreme of the level of danger you're in, yes. versus walking across the street and just getting pancaked immediately right. by a car that fucking glitches. And right. so that's like the, the the major difference. But yeah, also like you're saying, like you there are so many situations you're never gonna get to the bond to, and then finally the third pillar is India, which is <laughs> it's like you're thinking yeah. anywhere outside of European Western roads. Yeah, exactly. Not gonna happen. I mean, like ever. We wouldn't even be able to get to our cabin. Right. Oh yeah. That's like, really, yeah. <laughs> right. That stuff doesn't work like in so many. Yeah. I mean, not all roads are well defined. Right. Yeah. And and, and just all these things are totally utopic. Like like. Like Adam was, it reminds me of when Adam was saying. Like, what do you do if you get into a parking lot and they didn't draw down the parking spaces? Yeah, like your car is not like AI, bro. Like it's winter. It's not just yeah, or like it's winter and like everything's white. Like your car's not gonna know how to park. Exactly. (laughs) Um, No, but it reminded me of of, like when Adam said to me when we were playing league. I was like, oh, my screen froze. He goes, I don't play league. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, he goes, Lucas, it's so funny you said my screen froze. But one day our kids are gonna be like, wow, you guys screen froze back then, and I said. No, 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 Adam. Our kids are gonna go. You guys had screens back then, <laughs> because it's like, like we have this totally topic ideal that like right. everything is gonna go forward and increase all the time. It's no. like no, it's just gonna be a totally like, different new thing. It's gonna be a breakthrough. It always uh, yeah. yeah. The crazy things aren't progressions. They're always breakthroughs. Right. They're, they're always something new. Right. And so it's like, why would you think oh it's gonna be self in charge? It's like okay, why is it gonna be cars? Right, dude. You know, it's yeah. Gonna, yeah, exactly. It's, it's gonna it's, be it's, it's totally gonna be genetic mutant hybrid animal hybrids that are like <laughs> that half <laughs> computer, half person. That way, it's gonna combine like the actual. There's gonna be like actual intelligence behind it because it's gonna be a creature, but it's also gonna be half machine. And the super, and we're gonna be driving inside these like coral <laughs> hybrids and then, that are like and then, gonna walk places to and places. Then your giraffe car is gonna <laughs> you see feed it. Yeah. your yeah. giraffe yeah. car is gonna be seen by a lion car. <laughs> She'd be like, fuck he's got a lion car <laughs> <laughs> Yeah this is based. Yeah. No that is like the Black Mirror episode where they trap a mini version of you Sorry. inside your home assistant. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. AI yeah. Yeah. Your assistant. They trade it. Um, yeah Okay, so this is the most correct one he has. The human space program will fully transition to space industry, supported not by tax dollars, but by tourism. That one I hope is true. That, that's pretty like, reasonable. That's yeah. like only if we can finally get space deregulated, which is like, right. I hope. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's going to be tough. Also, because there's like a limited amount of satellites that you can have. Right. Um, and there's a lot of things limiting space travel in a way that aren't limited on Earth. But that Dude, one I hope is true. I, yeah, that one I, yeah man, I think that's pretty realistic. I mean, that'd be cool. I don't see that happening, though. Like... We already have moon bases. We've had them since the sixties. Ah oh man, I mean maybe I mean maybe maybe I'm wrong. There's just to me there's like, it's a, it's, unless some new technology comes through that I'm not thinking about, but it's just so much money. Like there's no way to really get around the fact that it's gonna take a shit ton of gas to get you to space. Right. Like it's gonna be like maybe maybe like for like the hyper elites there's like some sort of tourism in, in industry, but I can't imagine our technology progressing to the point where. I mean, like, unless we have like nuclear, like it's a like nuclear Jacob energy said, powered like, way of doing it. It's like Jacob said, like you can't see the next breakthrough, but like yeah, eventually you could foresee that it will happen. I, but next fifty years is still really optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I guess if like nuclear energy became abundant and safe, that's like so much energy that we could maybe use to get people into space. I mean, they they are just now trying to like figuring out um, fission, or wait, 
Which one oh, they definitely use? figured out one of those. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> the one that we use, and then the other one that we're trying to figure out. Which one is it? I think fission is. Do we use fission or do you use fusion? I think we use. Jacob, you're talking about. We use fission. fission. Yeah, so we're trying to fi- we're trying to figure out fusion. They just they just made a huge breakthrough in uh, in nuclear fusion. Oh, let's go! Like in the past like couple months. Huge stuff, so, boys. So, let's go. That's good. So or that. I don't know. Breakthrough in uh, you guys know about the space elevator. Yeah. I feel like I heard something. I forgot to break through in the space elevator. The space elevator is this idea that... Is it real? Is it just hypothetical? It's hypothetical, but it's, like, realistic. Right. The hard part is getting um, a material strong enough to, like, really make it work. But right. it's essentially, it's like, you have, a, uh, like, a super strong string that goes out into space and, like, a mass at the end of it. And centripetal force kind of keeps the building at the very top outside, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then you can, like, travel up and down that rope using the centripetal force staying there. And then you're not really using as much energy because you're just, you know, you're using, like, mechanical energy to, like, run up a rope. Mm-hmm. And they're working on, like, making, like, a rope strong enough, which they're using, like, I think they're using, like, synthesized, like, spider silk types technology like to make, like, incredibly like strong, uh, like, incredibly tensile because that's really what you're worried about right. is just tensile material. And spiders have figured that out. Like, if you can replicate a spider, um, a spider string to like the diameter of like you know, three inches, mm-hmm. like then, yeah. now you're talking yeah. something that you could actually like you know pull into space and leave up there. Problem with that though, it's like, man, I just don't know. Like, even if you had that, like that seems like such a feeble thing that could easily just be taken out yeah. by one crazy dude who just wants to like fly a plane into a string. Like anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> like you said though, Alaska Pipeline. Yeah, that's true. Alaska Pipeline is like to me. That's just uh, I don't know. This is a, this is a conversation I had with David and Scott in the car, but it's just like criminals exist on like the outer shells of a spectrum where you're either like a petty criminal who does very small scale crimes, um, like. And for small scale, I'm talking, like, murder also, but, like, just, like, stealing or murder, like, small scale crime. Oh, I see. Like, it doesn't affect very many people. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, small, yeah. like, or, like, well, in the sense that it's, like, it's very personal. Right, like, you're right, right. stealing something, you're mugging someone, or you're killing, like, one dude, and it's, like, a personal, like, thing, kind of. And then there's, like, large-scale criminals who are, I mean, t- either, like, terrorists or just, like, dictators, or, like, really bad people. Um, but there's, like, not... A lot in between where there it would be like I don't know if I can say this if there was a giant pipeline which is a <laughs> word I made up but hypothetically a giant pipeline that goes from like a really big state from top to bottom none of that's protected and all of it is very easy to destroy because there was someone who just shot like at a pipeline which is a completely separate word for this conversation but there was someone who shot at a pipeline and they're like Oil was just spewing, and it was a big thing. I don't know if they caught him. Um, like, it's very easy to... Yeah, I mean, like, you just take... Do, like, you, take, like you can... If you, you take, take thermite anywhere on the Alaska pipeline, you take thermite... Oh, on the pipeline. And you put it on there, like, it melts through. <laughs> like, yeah. You shut down U.S. economy. And in right. Tetris. In Tetris. But... In, yeah, yeah, of course. In Second Life. <laughs> right. So, like, that's... That's kind of the absurd level that we're on, where it's like... Man, you'd expect some of these criminals to do something cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm glad yeah. that they don't. I don't know. Insane people, like, just tend to do, like, specific things. Like, there's not, like... There's not as much variety in what... 
crazy psychopaths do. Yeah, there's, not, there's no like it's all like, criminal masterminds. No, I don't know. Yeah, like it's like it's uh, he killed someone by eating them, like killed it ten people by eating them, or he killed ten people by like crucifying them. But it's all like you know, it's all like it's the, all same the same stuff. Yeah. Like, I think killed it. these women. But I mean, there is someone's doing that in Washington right now. Is uh, <laughs> which one? Your boy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's like a group of people who are just going around like blowing up. Um, electric powerhouses. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the unprotected power so, substations. Yeah, like unprotected. Again, like these are like easy crimes that you would expect more people to do, and like I guess some people are doing them. So that one, it's like I'm. Yeah, like finally. Yeah, we got our boys. <laughs> this is a call to arms. Wait, this is well, a call to arms. Called the barns <laughs> in Tetris. Spotify um, can't take us on now. Second Life. You can find my <laughs> realm. Yeah. No, I just I don't know. Very true. I okay. His last prediction here. I'm going to put these three predictions together. We will develop a perfect antiviral serum and cure cancer. Medicines yep. will tailor to your own DNA, leaving oh, no yeah. adverse side effects. Mm-hmm. We perfect. will learn how to regrow we will learn how to regrow lost limbs and failing organs, bringing us to the level of other regenerating animals on earth like salamanders, starfish, and lobsters. He is lobsters. George Peterson. He's George Peterson. <laughs> He's George Peterson. Um, yeah, so this guy's a fucking Brain idiot. Dead this guy's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, he's actually just predicting uh, the the second coming of Christ and the resurrection. But it's like, actually, what, yeah. what is the point of even writing these? Number one, they're inaccurate, not going to happen. Yeah, Number two, like, they're the only, like, you can ask any six-year-old what he thinks going to happen in the future. He's going to say, well, they're going to cure all diseases. And <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, he's, it's like the most boring take. It's not even it's like he's saying something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just, yeah, that, that is so generic. It's, it's like, he like, gave some, like, extra specificity. It's like, oh, well, it's going to be an antiviral, and it's going to cure all disease and cancer. And, uh... But it's the same. No, and there's, no, there's no side effects. So, like, okay, uh, yeah, that's exactly what a six-year-old would say. Because <laughs> yes. obviously he's going to imply that there's no side effects. Okay, obviously it's going to be all the diseases, which includes cancer. As yeah, if like, there's not mega corporations who that would be against their best interest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, even if it was theoretically possible, it's like... As if yeah, the money's not gonna let it. There's happen. a yeah. as if Monster Energy didn't already exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true. Yeah, I when people, especially especially <laughs> when you're looking at like incentive structures, like the, the 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 single most palpable way to view world history is through incentive structures. Yeah, and it gets like much more powerful in recent times because you have these mega huge things that are like have such invisible kind of arms that are reaching out but it's like yeah does a hospital want to make money of course fucking hospital wants to make money yeah. they start getting $70,000 patients just because they told them they're a guy or whatever it's like yeah of course they're going to start doing that yeah, like, you exactly just have to right. look at incentive structures like yeah I'm not saying that every doctor is evil he's going to do this but all in all an incentive structure that's put in place is going to a lot of this. people are going to want that to you know right and, and it's 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 also the fact that the buck stops nowhere right. in in a huge organization because yeah. like what like what what the difference between a man and his own business versus a corporation they both want power and money yeah. but the man has scruples the business right. is, the, or the corporation has no scruples because there's nowhere that the buck stops and I think about like the Boeing when they sent out the Boeing planes with the uh, the new technology the new uh, way the new computer system. And they knew that airlines didn't want to pay for new training, right. so they didn't include it in some of the documentation, and it caused two crashes, ended up killing you know four or five hundred people. And like what we see, if you want to look at that through an infant lens, you can go, wow, those bad, evil businessmen. Like, 
Yeah, that's true. But when you actually look at these businessmen, there was no evil guy thinking like right. about yeah. this thing specifically. There was like, oh well, John and HR said he was gonna get to it, or like you know, like right. it, it, there's no place that somebody's taking the full moral responsibility of this thing happening. Right. Um, like even if there's a conviction that comes out of it, which I can't remember, I think there was, but it's like that guy's like, well, it wasn't even my fault. Like, right. They they pushed me to do this. I had to by higher ups and by this guy. So, so yeah, it's just I hate Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's such an idiot. <laughs> Um, not because he's black brain. Not because he's uh, we're not racist. I'm not racist. <laughs> Why do you um, hear that? Not like the Mormon Church, right, Jacob? <laughs> high five. <laughs> I'm not gonna high five. <laughs> oh come on! He almost had you. I almost had you. If you get a high five on that, you have to read Mormon. The Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is. He's gonna try to get you. That's uh, one of the articles of faith that we have. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> If we believe that if you high five somebody, uh, there's a good secret reason. handshake and then there's a handshake of evil. That's right, and it's called the high five. One brings you into heaven, <laughs> one takes you out. <laughs> oh, that's good, Jacob. Do you have any pod topics you wanted to get to? Um, I can't remember. There, there was actually something I was thinking about. Um, that's rare. Speaking of mega corporations, oh, yeah. Mormonism. Whoa. Speaking of mega corporations, speaking more Catholicism. Hey, no, wait. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of. <laughs> Uh, uh, a church owning the largest DNA collecting corporation in the world. Interesting how that happened. Yeah, thank you. That's so they could do their ordinances, I guess. <laughs> we have to have the DNA. Yeah, gotta tell. Gotta have it. That's, well, that's Joe Mormon. Oh, that's me. the that's the misinterpretation that they're doing. Like we, uh, like the Mormons, they like uh, they get all the DNA and stuff, and then <laughs> they go to a different solar system. They finally get the space <laughs> God, go to a different solar system, and then there's a god. Who is the dude who has like all the DNA samples? He like replicates, creates all the clones, creates like the thing. Now he's like the god of that world. That's and actually what we do every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they start from the Stone Age, they rework, and then eventually get to the point where we're like, all right, we start another DNA collecting mega corp. Wait, and, and then, at, at the end again. it's regicide. At the end they find the first god, and he goes, "You found me." <laughs> then they kill him. The cycle is complete. <laughs> this is the infinite cycle of rebirth. Jake, were you going to say your thing or are we done? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so I was listening to... We, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want, but uh, I was listening Thanks, to... Um, All right, guys. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> so um, I, I was listening to a speech by uh, Michael Knowles. I know how much you, uh, you love him, Lucas. I um, do. Tyler's calling me. I'm going to pick it up. All right. What? No. We're in the middle of a pod. Yes. Hello? Hey. What you mean by a shindig, Nick? Oh, just me and Spencer and Jacob and Adam are over here right now. We're shindigging. At your place? Yeah. Okay. I'll come say bye. Okay. I will see you soon. Okay, bye. 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 So we have to keep talking until Tyler gets here and get him on the pod. We have to. Jacob, keep going. All right. So I was listening to this uh, speech by Michael Knowles, and it was entitled... I can't remember exactly what it was, but... I think uh, it was called, it, Why Bussy is Better Than Pussy. <laughs> Why guys are cuter than girls? Yeah, I don't think that's what it was. Okay. Uh, it was something along the lines of, like, science is fake. Okay. Okay. And he was Based. like... What? Face. Yeah. Face. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a good Catholic, you know, yeah. as we all know. And uh, I like he... Already. I know, he's great. Does he have a book I can buy? Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, Reasons to Vote for Democrats. Oh, uh, <laughs> <well>, perfect. Speech was controlling minds. controlling minds. Thank you. Um, that great book, by the way. It's just so good. Um, but... Um, do you guys listen to Michael Knowles a lot? Okay, okay, good. Yeah. I, I, I've transitioned to almost completely listening to Michael Knowles instead of anybody else on the Daily Wire, because 
I only listen to just because you don't like day. Jewish people and. No, I really you can, you can just say it. I hate Jewish people and uh, Catholic yeah. people with beards. It's they just terrible. Killed our Messiah. We, we got it. On, <laughs> Whoa! We got hey, it on audio. Christ killers, right? No, I do love <laughs> Jewish people. Jews are one of my favorite groups of people. Actually, I've been saying this for years. So don't worry. <laughs> Everyone's been saying this. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jews. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Okay. I, I love Jews and I love Hitler. He invented highways. <laughs> he invented highways. <laughs> hey Kanye, we're gonna take away your family from you. We should get Kanye on this. Oh, oh yeah, he would definitely we should, come. Yeah, we're going to try, guys. You, you, the listener, you guys need to start... Start DMing him. Start DMing him. Uh, you know, start that GoFundMe. We're going to get him on the pod at some point. Um, that's We swear that to you, the listener. We should get Harvey <laughs> Pasternak on the pod. Yes. Okay, Jacob's going to piss his face. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. literally going to pee. Okay. <laughs> Do it on, on the pod. Do it on the pod. Yeah. Is that Do the it pod? in the mic. In the mic. Bring the mic with you. Bring the mic with you. Yeah. So we can hear the stream. <laughs> yeah. The stream. I'll, I'll hold the audio. Hear in your the face. stream, and then we'll release the mic stand, the laptop. Yeah. We'll, while you pee. <laughs> yeah. We'll release a uh, like uh, a, a some something where everyone can vote and decide like whose piss stream yeah, smells who, the, who, sounds who, the most <laughs> like fried shit. Fried shit. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Damn, uh, yeah. Anyway, so the the, uh, <laughs> the essence of the. Uh, of the speech was okay yeah science is absolute garbage not in the sense that it's wrong just in the sense that it's uh you know not the best way to be viewing the world right and so the the idea was okay yeah sure you know so, so he gave a lot of examples throughout the speech talked about a lot of different things and uh you know he's like okay well at the beginning he's like well okay so as a matter of historical fact uh Science has been wrong about uh, almost everything at some point. <laughs> That's what right. science is. It's just we learn more things, and the old thing was wrong. Um, so that was, you know, he started out with that. And then he was like, well, okay, there's also certain aspects of science. It's like, well, obviously you can tell, like, this is, okay, you might say it's science, but um, it's obviously not, or at least it's not, like, the best way of viewing the world. And so one of them, he went back to, like, uh, Copernicus, and, uh, and like Galileo he's like oh yeah oh yeah man man isn't at the center of the universe yet the, the sun is the sun is the center of the solar system and so you know earth isn't things don't revolve around the earth things don't you know man isn't the center of the universe and he's like I mean yeah like as a matter of physical reality that's true but metaphysical reality exists as well mm. and in the sense that Man is where the physical and metaphysical realms meet. Man, in fact, is the center of the universe. Because there would not be that fusion of physical and metaphysical if it were not for the rational mind of man to, you know, put those together, right? Um, And so he came up with a whole bunch of uh, other examples um, like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, um, so, yeah, I'm going to say it. Yeah, science is fake. Don't listen to science. In the sense that, like, okay, like, it's, Very true. it's wrong sometimes. Um, he, he came up with a lot of other uh, really good points within the speech. Um, the, the first bit was kind of, uh, it was like, hmm, it, it seems like <laughs> you were, like, really anti-knowledge. <laughs> you know, just, like, it's, you, you didn't quite get what he, where he was going to end up. And then at a certain point, you're like, oh, okay, I, I see what you meant by that at the beginning. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Very good. Very, very good of you. But, uh... That's how you yeah. get people. You gotta start with something controversial. 
Yeah. You reel them in until they believe it, too. Yeah, so that that's just what I was thinking of whenever you were talking about these uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson predictions. I was like, no, no, this is fake. It's not even true. Right. So. Yeah, I, 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 it, there's just so, such a huge problem with lending people expertise in completely unrelated fields because they have expertise in one field. Right, right. And I think that's, like, the biggest thing. This Okay, very closing point, but just on a tangent from that, like, there's, like, a huge... Uh, trope in Hollywood. I wrote this in my journal when I still had my journal, but I lost it. Which was no. It had so much of my thoughts in it. That unfortunate. I know. But anyway, um, one of the thoughts was that there's a trope, and you see this in all kinds of art forms, where this artist is so completely out of the realm of reality, and they think so highly of themselves and so highly of their art, and they just think it's amazing, and so then they start making bad art because they're just like... Right, yeah. Um... And it happens, like it's not totally unrealistic, but it's definitely overrepresented. When you're thinking about bad art that gets made by good artists, um, sometimes that happens, but it's really more that people are overvaluing their expertise in another sure. field. So like a Hollywood movie that gets made, you have a director that is read out, ready and set out to make a good movie, and then you have a producer that tells right. them, no, here's what you have to do with this. Here's what you have to do with this. And the producer might be good at some things. Like he's probably good at socializing. He's probably good at organizing events. Probably good at things like that. But he's not good at making films. But right. he's completely overestimated his skill in that because right. of his skill in a tangential field. Yes. Same thing with people like Neil deGrasse Tyson or people who have achieved some level of expertise in one thing, uh, LeBron James, and then right, yeah. completely overestimate their ability to pontificate uh, on anything. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. That's a good word. Uh, Alright, rate them. Take get in there. Take get in there. Take it in there. Adam is undergoing the woman simulator. Jacob, you're supposed to stick your pee pee in him. This is what every woman lives with every That's day. That's what every, every single every day. All day. Alright, thank you for listening. Bye. Has, yeah, thank you. You have to say bye. Bye, standards. Whoa, I did. That's clever. I have never used that. We're using that. <laughs> oh, should we check for listener mail? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's no like, listener mail. There has to be listener mail. There's no listener mail. How do you know that? Because there's never been listener mail. There might be this time. Yeah, there might be this time. Yeah, have you checked? Yeah, have you checked? There's no listener mail. I don't <laughs> Okay, all right. Uh, SpaceRangerStone at gmail.com. Email us. Goodbye. Become our first... <laughs>